This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. What's happening? What's up? You know, the, remember the... Hey, ah, remember that commercial? I don't know why that just came to my mind. You know the Bud Light commercial? With yeah, it? it's a good uh, one. Good one. I don't, I don't know. Best commercials of the year? I don't know. It's not as good as your name and impersonation, but you're on you're Well, on, you know, you're it, on course. It's, it's funny. You, you think about what you're going to say when the mic turns on, and the mic turns on, and just something just Whatever comes to your in, mind. Yeah, and something just kind of comes out of your mouth there. So it's, a free, it's a free-flowing show, as you know. It's not scripted, unlike many of the other shows that you hear. We would like to thank everyone for joining us here on WNSP. All right, the opening kickoff. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. First of all, let's congratulate the winner of the Alabama Chattanooga tickets. Uh, if I read this correctly, and it, it came in on my iPhone, but it was very difficult to read. I believe it's Unique McCrary. Okay. All right, and that's that's the final registration for Alabama tickets. And I'll say this, because I'm not as rich as Michael, and he's got all pluses. I have minuses on my TV. He's got all plus. The Alabama game, as far as I can see, is not being televised like on the SEC Network or anything SEC I have. SEC Network Plus. Yeah, I, I'm a minus. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been trying to tell, tell you that I for know. years. You won't listen. Finally. I, I set it up for you. Yeah. All right. So, Unique, congratulations. Yeah, well done. Excellent. Today, we're going to double give a well qualification for the Naaman's tailgating since we're off next Thursday. So, we're going to qualify two today. Oh, well, okay, I'll find another sounder then. You better look. Wow. All right, and don't use the same one. We also have a Chick-fil-A coming up in about 30 minutes. So uh, some of the headlines. Uh, in baseball, we have the Cy Young Award winners, Blake Snell of San Diego and uh, Garrett Cole of the Yankees. We mentioned yesterday that uh, Deshaun Watson was going to be out with shoulder surgery, out for the rest of the year. So Dorian Thompson-Robinson will take his place in the Cleveland Browns quarter quarterbacks are falling by the wayside. And that's why I find it very difficult when people say, well, who's going to be in the Super Bowl? I say, I'll tell you, if you tell me who's got their complement of players, you know, who's left. Um, interesting um, news on Michigan. First of all, your buddy Shamar Moore, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, my boy. He has apologized to his mother and his grandmother for his profanity-laced speech. Yeah. The other night, he said they they really took him to task for that. So an apology from looks like if if Harbaugh doesn't win his case on Friday, Moore will still be coaching and be the head coach. Hmm. Okay, and we'll see a, a, a more reserved. I don't know about that halftime and post game. Do you know what's interesting? That if Michigan wins, it's the school's one thousandth career win, and there was a story whether. Harbaugh would get credit for it, and apparently he will, even though he may not be on the sideline. On the subject of profanity, I was reading a story this morning. Uh, this had to do, I think Chris Lowe wrote this for ESPN, and he did a, he did a story about Nick uh, Saban, coaching job and everything. And if I read this correctly, uh, Nick, during the season, in his speeches to his players and, and, and told them to, to show a lot of class, on and off the field, be be classy, right? Do do things right. So they reminded him 
Well, okay, if you're preaching to us about class, why do you swear so much in, in locker rooms, things like that, and profanity? So apparently it's been set up that whenever he uses a, a cuss word, he has to pay $5 into this pot. A little swear jar. Yes. Okay. You can see I'm really inundated with major headlines Yeah, today. it sounds like you got a lot going on yeah. over there. Hey, tell me about what happened with McGill yesterday. That's a good story for you. Um, well, the basketball they, team. Oh yeah, they uh, they won. Uh, Steven, my sophomore, got some playing time. Got a little PT and, and knocked down his first tray. So. What would that like? I mean, being in the stands for that. Well, year, I couldn't did see because everybody was standing up. Oh, and you didn't jump up and cheer or no? Way no. to go! I'm an objective journalist, yeah. which is why we're actually sitting here talking about it right yeah, now. Yeah, really. Well, well, no, 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 that's it was fine. A, it was a it was a, it was a very cool moment for him. He was excited, and uh, hopefully, the first of many to come. Well, I want to go to our NBA expert, Michael Bronner. Michael? Yeah. Yes. What, what your thoughts on Draymond, Draymond Green getting a five-game suspension since you follow the NBA so closely? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> there's just five regular season games. Who cares? You know, it's the, it's the regular season. Not only is it regular season NBA, it's November regular season NBA. No, this is the in-season tournament. Oh, God I don't forbid. know which games are, but it's <laughs> something about in-season not, tournament. Not the in-season tournament. Uh, yes, it's like <laughs> you know that's going to eat away at him to miss the the holy in-season tournament. Well, he's going to miss five. The other guys that were in the scuffle didn't get suspended. Uh, they just got fined. Well, I guess I mean the, I mean he had him in quite the the head vice there. Did you? If I. Do you know how many – y'all might know the answer to this, but I'm curious. This surprised me. Do you know how many times he's been suspended in his NBA career? Do, yeah, do you have any idea? Draymond? Yeah. I would guess at least five. It's five. It's actually five, and I yeah. thought that was low. I was like, only five? Really? I, th I, I just assumed he had been suspended, like, longer than that, more times than that. I wonder what the record is. Like, I know Rasheed Wallace, didn't he have a lot of suspensions? Uh, I, I don't know what the record is, but I – I would have thought Green would have had more also. He is going to forfeit almost $770,000. That's nuts. Five games. Because he's not going to be giving pay during the suspension. Now, the other players in this, and they did get Rudy Gobert for uh, 25000 he supposedly was the peacemaker. That, and, and that's when Green wrapped him around. Peace is expensive, man. And Thompson and uh, McDaniel, they were also fine, but they weren't suspended. But you know why? Green, his history, yeah, caught up to him. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because yeah. that was in the statement that uh, that that length of suspension they said is based on his history of unsportsmanlike acts. And I just feel like if that's the case, man should have probably just been kicked out the league because uh, there's there's he he has had a more colorful. Uh, NBA career than most uh, when it when it comes to unsportsmanlike. So, um, I guess a five game is pretty lengthy these days in the NBA. Oh, I would think so for sure. Yeah. So I guess he'll be back next week. I don't know. They play every night. It feels well, like Michael will keep us abreast of that. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Follows you know, the I'll keep uh, NBA you guys religiously, in. and I know when we get to that in season tournament championship game, Michael, you'll be on top of that. Yeah, I was thinking about getting a press pass. In Vegas. <laughs> have you ever been to Vegas? I've never been to Vegas. You never been that far out west. I've never been to Vegas. I've been there four times. 
Wow. Oh. Four times. Bet you they got some stories look out, over there. Look out, uh, look out craps tables. Yeah, well. Trevanian's coming. Yeah. Stupidest thing I ever did there, right? So <laughs> we're staying at one of these nice hotels uh, that you guys are very familiar with, you know, around uh, Caesar's Palace. I wasn't staying there, but I don't remember. So I was told that if you go downtown, you have a better chance to win. Your winnings are better because I wasn't winning uh, where I was staying. So I said, why not? And then you come out and you look downtown and it looks like it's very close, you know. And so instead of taking a bus or a vehicle, we, the, my partner and I started walking. It took forever. It was almost, it's almost like, you know, and I, I, this has never happened. It's almost like me. you're in the desert. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a mirage. You know what I'm saying? It's like a mirage. You see something and it looks like you just reach out and grab it. Well, my gosh, it took forever to walk downtown, and it certainly did not improve my winnings. <laughs> yeah, I've only been to the Vegas of New Jersey, Lee. Atlantic City? Yeah, and and the Vegas of the South, I suppose. Now, but. when I left— Biloxi? Yeah. That's nice. Really <laughs> That's nice down there, but when I, I, like I, left, <laughs> when I left Atlantic City, I, always, I thought it was kind of a dump. Oh, Atlantic City is—I can't like say one, enough bad it, things about it. When I went— there, they had one beautiful. You'd have one casino, nice, and then you'd have about six tenement houses, right, or something like that. And then you'd go, and then you get another nice casino, and then again, you'd have a, a dump next to it. So, I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there since the seventies. Oh, it hasn't gotten better. I can't confirm. Do they get big name entertainment there? <laughs> uh to find big team, yeah, big time, I, I, I big don't know. Entertainment. Vinny Testaverde was signing autographs there. <laughs> <in August. laughs> Stop! On. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very weird. Was anybody there for it? There are people lined up. Believe it or not. Have you ever lined up for an autograph? Uh, I mean, and, and at a memorabilia show. I have never been to one. My brother, my brother is gone. He told me he went and took his his son. They got like Muhammad Ali's signature and I, I was impressed but i've never been to one and i have no desire to go to one mm. are you asking me no i've never uh when i was a kid i got autographs of some saints players i don't know where those autographs are um no did you ever get an autograph michael yeah i got wes welker's autograph on a patriots hat at training camp when i was like 10 probably wow yeah that's pretty cool yeah. he was cool about it or he was like yeah give me the hat i think he was Probably the second one. Really? <laughs> yeah. You guys want me to blow you away with the most famous autograph I got? Yes. What if not. we say no? What if we just say <laughs> no and see say what happens? No. All right. No, Lee. What is, no, blow no, me no. away, Lee. Jackie Robinson. Wow. What? Yes. They made movies about that man. Yeah, Jackie Robinson. I was about, and a song. I was about eight or nine. My uncle, I was visiting in Springfield, Massachusetts. After his baseball career, Jackie Robinson was a guest speaker at this banquet. So he took me. Now, I was a Dodger fan growing up, but I had no idea about all that was going on with the civil rights and how famous he was going to be. And they're going to retire his number for every, you know, and I got the autograph on a like a, a brochure there or something like that. But I have no idea how long it lasted. Hmm. And where is it now? That's what I'm saying. I have no idea. I don't even know if it lasted more than a week or two. Hmm. Okay. Very good. All right. So actually, we got a great for 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 the number of headlines that we seem to be lacking in. We got some great guests today. Um, 
like we said yesterday, apparently Paul Feinbaum is, is pissed off so many different people, including a, a former wrestler now. So we'll talk to him about that. Rick Flair has gotten into this whole yeah, Michigan thing. What happened thing to your effort to get him on? I didn't hear from you. Well, just because you didn't hear from me didn't mean I didn't give great effort. Sometimes no, but he's just, not on. Well, you can have great effort and not you not succeed. He never got back to me. I mean, what do you want me to do? Call him out? Woo! Yes, you just did. Uh, Sherman Williams is going to join us at 6.30. Big event coming up next Monday. If Sherman Williams and Ric Flair got into a fight, who do you think would win? I got my money on Sherman. I got Sherman. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's got that quick step. Uh, Paul Feinbaum is going to join us at 7. Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide, is going to join us at 7.30. Jim Nagy, I'm assuming that's Jim. Yes. Okay, I'm not sure what don't that's be Don't be nasty. I'm not being nasty. I just, get, I just get, my, get that uh, Glenn Campbell song, Try a Little Kindness, Freddie. That's going to be in the Nothing daily rotation. Nothing huh? show <laughs> like a Glenn Campbell early in the morning. And then uh, Jake Crane at 8.30. Uh, and as we're finding out, there's going to be two naming it's today, so yes. i got to get to work. Okay. Good luck. Uh, here comes your scoreboard, your traffic, and your weather. Your phone calls are next, 694-1055. The opening kickoff, man. We're just getting started here on a Thursday edition, our final day in studio. For the week, that is. Well, for you, it's final day for a full week. Indeed. You know, sometimes when you want to let the the young little birdies fly, you just got to push them out the nest. Lee, you're, you're, you're going solo next week. It's time for you to fly Wait solo. Wait a minute. Hold Caw-caw! it. Caw-caw! Caw-caw! No, that's, that's not nice. Are you still around? No, he's boycotting. Oh, he is too? Yeah. He's boycotting? <laughs> so it's just me? Yeah. I'm going on vacation with Mark. You are? You're going yeah. with Mark? Yeah. Oh, that that would really be. Uh, You're gonna have to well, run the that board. That would be a story. The two of you on vacation together. Mm-hmm. You know, even know where he's going, Michael. I don't know. I think he told me. I forget. Well, he's, he probably that, told. He told hurtful. you he's he told you he's going to Loosedale, hoping that you'd go in the different direction. Sounds like it's gonna be one of those shows, boys and girls. Stay. Hi, this is Phil Steele, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. Chick-fil-A <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A 622, we're going early for some, maybe some chicken minis today or something. What do you got for the fine folks there, uh, Lee? All right, to get a, a gift card to uh, Chick-fil-A, all you have to do is tell me who uh, Blake Snell wins the Cy Young in the National League. Who was the last San Diego Padre to win the Cy Young Award? Uh, it happened a few years ago. Snell wins it yesterday. But who was the last one to win a Cy Young pitching for the Pods? All right. You know the answer. 694-1055. Be the first one uh, to get Mr. Bronner on the phone. And the Chick-fil-A is Yours. I uh, do want to mention quickly, uh, tomorrow we are on location. The Dr. Christopher Monex High School Game Day takes us to? Mobile Christian. Mobile Christian. Yeah, Mark and I will be out there. Uh, we'll be in the Leopard's Den if you want to come by and get autographs. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be doing it 6 to 9. And then, uh, Michael, you got a very nice uh, uh, get-together with Brian Gennard in the press box at Lamar Harrison Field for tomorrow night's game between undefeated Top-ranked team in uh, 3A, uh, Mobile Christian against Houston Academy. I think you'll have a good time out there. He's uh, right now. He's working, which sure. is new. That's good. That's new. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a new thing he's trying here on the opening kickoff, where he actually does things he's supposed to. It's crazy. Did you see uh, Sherman Williams sent us? He's on the show today. He went the extra mile. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he did a little graphic and everything. He did. Is that on the, uh, did he put that up on the social media? I got to check that it out. It says morning drive show, 630 WNSP. He leaves nothing to chance. Hang on. I'm a, I'm a, so uh, even if we decided not to have him on, <laughs> we'll have egg on our face. Uh, huh. Now, Sherman, the, the reason, one of the reasons, of course, uh, they got their big fundraiser on Monday. It's the, the fundraiser. It's usually held right before the Iron Bowl. They got a number of guests coming, and I think Willie Anderson's going to be the uh, guest speaker. And so Sherman's going to tell us about that, and then we'll get his thoughts on, you know, Alabama. And he's all over the place. He's doing uh, guest speeches everywhere. He's, he's going to the Dallas Cowboys game uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, did you get a winner over there, Michael Bronner? Yeah, guess who the winner was? Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First one? Correct. Yeah, I thought so. Jake Peavy. I just thought we'll give an easy one today. Hmm. Yeah, so generally, typically, early morning winner, Elvis. Late morning winner, Chuck. All right, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Since we're in a very generous mood nice today. Nice job, Elvis. We're in a Christmas mood today. Very generous. Can we get to Thanksgiving first? Or? Michael, I hope you don't mind this, but all right. So I will give away another Chick-fil-A. What? Oh, yes. My. What? These are these were the ones that I was going to give to Mark and Michael, but I'm going to give it to a listener. Damn, what? Grinch. If you can tell me. Ebenezer? No, I'm being, I'm trying to, you know, be nice to the audience. No, you're Robin Hood over little... there, stealing from the poor over here. <laughs> to give to the rich? Yes. <laughs> I love it. So... Here's the question. So Blake Snell is the seventh major league pitcher ever to win a Cy Young in both leagues. Who was the last one to win a Cy Young in both the National and the American League? If you know the answer, oh, wait a minute. He doesn't. He doesn't. Michael, you don't even answer. know the. All right, I'm going to. You, you, I'm going to run in there and write it down while you talk whatever you normally talk about. Better hurry up. Can, Phone lines are lighting up. Can oh. I, uh, can I, oh yeah, write it down because he'll be able to read that. Yeah, right. Just <laughs> run in there and tell him. I'm going to. Just tell him in the mic. You're just giving it away anyway. So am I supposed to talk about what I normally want to talk about when you're not here? Because that's about you. What, what are you going to do on vacation next week? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this show's officially off the rails early, man. Oh, look, he's already back. You see, this is why the working out pays off. The man made it from one studio to the next and back before, before I could even say anything. Yeah, I don't have to work out today. You, I just got it in. Yeah. Yeah. Control your breathing now. Yeah. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. Yeah. So you're on vacation. So you're you're with me tomorrow, but then you're going to be away until uh, the Friday before the Iron Bowl. So you're gonna. This will be your last day in studio for a while, unless you're coming back Thanksgiving. But nobody will be here for you. you I'll know. be here, Mark. Thanksgiving Day. Well, not. That's in what the I said. Coming not, back for not, Thanksgiving. Not like here. Here, I'll be here in spirit. So, Michael, if you're going on vacation with Mark, where would you like to go? Like, where would me and Mark have... Yeah, where have, would you have a good time? Where do you think you two would have a good fit? Uh, this is awkward. The casino. Mark doesn't gamble. Yeah, he does. It's because I'm, I'm in always the, winning. In this, hypothet in this hypothetical winning. where Mark and I are going on vacation, that isn't going to happen. He does. It's like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. For honors, too. <laughs> in this bizarro world where, for some reason, Mark and I are taking a vacation together, he does. Yeah, you're gonna come with us. You no. you, you can you can stake out the buffet. No, you you guys don't want the the older elderly. Stop it! You don't Lee. want the elderly. What makes you think we don't like hanging with you? We hang with you every do you, morning. Do you like your father going on vacation with you? He's coming with us actually. 
Is he? he I is. would enjoy. Now, is he footing the bill? Is that no, why? No. No. I'd enjoy you coming with us on our hypothetical casino trip, Lee. You could drive us in the Prius. I like going to casinos as long as they don't have smoking. Not into the smoke. Yeah. There's there's a couple smoke-free ones. I know. I know. It's like, that's the problem I have. The uh, eyes start watering up. Allergies kick in. Or you just get emotional that you're losing <laughs> oh, your do. shirt. Yeah. That's why I always bring two shirts. With he, me. He's the guy that tries to take the bet back after he yeah, after he laid it down on the. No, sir, you can't do that. <laughs> you know what I miss the most though? The one on bandits. I've told you that. I don't yeah. like it now. It's just push buttons. I like that. I used to really like. That's why I used to do it. That's why society's soft, man. You just got to hit know. a button now instead of just nah, pulling that bad boy. I don't boy. like that at all. I like. I used to really like the one arm bandits. All right. Change uh, sometimes is not good. Sherman Williams is going to join us next. Stay with us. The opening kickoff rolling along on a, uh, what's say Thursday. Stay with us. The number one focus, you know, this week needs to be on this game. Uh, we need to take care of business in this game. You know, I got out the 2016 game, which was the last time we played these guys and was like three nothing or something halfway through the second quarter and we were behind so um and just about all the players out there playing were you know really good players uh 632 welcome back in uh chattanooga actually led after one three nothing before alabama scored the next 31 so nick saban completely right but not completely wrong either the the point was made they were it was uh alabama scored 14 in the second quarter seven and third and 10 more in the fourth it's the biannual nick saban hypes up an fcs team yeah that reminds me of lee corso's very famous story which he used to tell all the time he was coaching indiana against ohio state and they got out to a seven nothing lead so he gathered the entire team and with the scoreboard in the background, they took a photo of it yeah. leading. I think they lost something like 60 to 7 or yeah. something like that. One of my favorite Lee Corso stories. One of my favorite guests is on with me right now, Sherman Williams, running back, uh, Alabama. Lots of rings on his hand, hands, I should say, from uh, yes. running at, uh, what, Blunt, Alabama, and the Dallas Cowboy. How many rings total do you have? Right now, Lee, I have four. Um, you know, I played it one season with the Mobile Admirals, and we won the championship, and I was the MVP of that league of its one year, and it was defunct after that. So I have a total of four, Blunt High School, Alabama, and Dallas Cowboys, and the Mobile Admirals. So, Sherman, in all seriousness, though, the uh, a ring for the Admirals might be worth more because – there are so few of those in existence. Correct. Rare, when it's rare, it's more valuable. So, having only one season, I think the Mobile Admirals may be the yeah. most valuable. You never know. That's why Lee is so valuable, because he's so rare. They don't make him like that. <laughs> so, Sherman, is that the ring that you display when you uh, go on your tours and everything, and they'll come up to you, hey, is that Al No, that's not Alabama. LA no, that that's not uh, the Cowboys. But it is the admirals, and they'll say, like, who the heck are they? 
Right, exactly. But no, I never really wear the ring because, you know, I don't want it to get misplaced because, you know, it's so valuable. But I mostly wear the University of Alabama. But when I'm in Texas, I wear the Dallas Cowboys. So I like to give the fans what they like to see. <laughs> you're, you're a man for all teams. Uh, tell us about yeah. the event next Monday. It's huge. Well, you know, the Palmer Williams group, me and David Palmer, we have our annual event coming up on Monday, November the 20th at the Battle House Hotel. It's our annual event that we use to raise funds for our program to help children in the communities of Mobile and Baldwin County. So we invite all people out, everybody, anybody that want to participate. We have the Iron Bowl Legends Benefit Gala. You can Google it. You go on our website and see and get tickets and that type of thing. But we'll have Willie Anderson, former Auburn lineman, former Cincinnati Bingo, uh, future Hall of Fame for the NFL, uh, local Viger High School. Uh, he'll be speaking and sharing his testimony, sharing his story with everyone in, in attendance. So should be a great event. We'll have other, other Alabama players that played in the Iron Bowl, Antonio Langham uh, from Alabama, uh, Andre Bruce from Auburn University. So those guys have been there in the, in the past, and we expect a host of other players that played in the Iron Bowl to attend. And it's a great event for the fans to get a chance to mingle and mix in with the players and hear stories and talk and be up close and personal, take pictures, photo ops, all the types of things of fanfare. Where's so it, gonna... it should be a good event. It's the seventh year, so we're looking forward to it. Okay, where is it, and are there tickets still? I assume there's tickets still available. Yes, tickets are available. Walk-ups are welcome. Uh, we're having it at the Battle House Hotel, downtown Mobile, Alabama. So uh, you can go on our website at palmerwilliamsgroup.org. Or you can call 251-644-3125. But uh, most people online, palmerwilliamsgroup.org. That's our website. That's where you find the tickets. And um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll respond to phone calls and emails. Hey, I got a question for you. Go back in history a little bit. Obviously, with kids transferring all over the place, could you have played at Viger instead of Blunt? Well, you know, I'm the youngest of four siblings, and all three of my older siblings all attended Viagra High School in Pritchard. So it was an opportunity for me to attend Viagra, but at the time when when, uh, when Viagra was winning national championships and Blunt was like 0-10, 2-8, and 1-9, and I figured that I could go to Blunt and, and probably make a difference, so I, I chose to go to Blunt over Viagra. You know, even though all my siblings and everybody in my family all attended Viagra High School. Was it NIL money or something? <laughs> Only kidding, Sherman. Well, I wish I, I, I wish I wish that was the case. Hey, I'm all in favor of NIL, and I wish that was the case. But unfortunately, it was not. Uh, but it was the best best situation for me at the time. And then uh, having Coach Ben Harris to come in, in my sophomore year, it just it all played out well. And end up getting a scholarship to go attend the University of Alabama, play football, get drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Man, couldn't I couldn't have wrote the story no better myself. Sherman Williams joining us. Big event coming up on Monday. What time's that event start? Well, the door is going to open. We're going to have a VIP reception uh, at 5.30. 
that's going to last about an hour where people who have VIP status get a chance to be up close, front and personal, talk and do everything, photo ops and all of that with the players, former players with Willie Anderson. And also the doors for general admission will open at 6.30. People are more than welcome to walk up, get tickets. We have tickets available on Eventbrite as well. And people can also just make donations. You can go on our website and make donations. Uh, we have an Entrepreneur Youth of America Club that all the funds and proceeds that we raise will be benefiting. We have two programs in the Mobile County Public School System that teaches young people how to be entrepreneurs. You know, college is not for everybody, but we encourage college. But we have a program inside of Mobile County Public School System that encourages young people to become business owners. And this is our program, one of our staples of the Palmer Williams Group that we, we, we uh, support and we raise funds for to be able to give those children the opportunity to start their own businesses. Sherman, the uh, Crimson Tide playing uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. When you were playing, were these tough? Were these games tough to get up for, especially the week before the Auburn game? Well, you know, it's football one hundred and one. Um, Lee, is you know the next game. You know, it's just like Coach Saban saying earlier. You don't want to overlook an opponent, and then you know end up with an Appalachian State. Uh, a, a t- uh, thing that happened. So you overlook one opponent and sneak up on you could lose. Hey, it's always better to win that game. You know, it, it's it's fun. It's, it's a good game. And people have fun in those types of games, but it, the, the ultimate goal is to win. So we're not going to overlook no one. We're going to keep on one game at a time, get to our goals, and just football 101. I mean, it's, it's, it's the way you go about it. Hypothetical question for you. You ready? What, I'm listening. All right. What has a better chance of happening, Alabama reaching the Final Four or the Dallas Cowboys reaching the Super Bowl? Well, I think Alabama has the best chance to make the the Final Four than Dallas Cowboys uh, winning the Super Bowl this season. I just I just love my Dallas Cowboys. You know, I'm a Cowboy. I played there. I've been a fan all my life. No other team has been uh, on my uh, number one list, but I just don't feel that we have the type of team built the way that will be a Super Bowl champion like we had back in our glory days, in the dynasty days of early 90s. But hey, anything can happen. You know, it's, it's still kind of early. It's not out, out the weeds yet, but I think University of Alabama is rolling good. I think we're playing good football. Our defense is playing good. Our offense, we're running the ball. The quarterback is playing, is playing immaculate football. So I think we are clicking on all cylinders right now. But, hey, we got to win. If you don't win, you don't get in. So we continue to win. We do what we do. You mentioned about you went to Blunt and then eventually met up with Ben Harris. Through your career, uh, and you can even include the Mobile Admirals in this, who is the best? Mm-hmm. Who's the best coach you ever played for, ever? Best coach that I ever played yes, for. Yes, that had the most tough, influence. Tough question. That's a very tough question, Lee. You know, you put me on the spot with that one because you know uh, these people are very, very dear to my heart and to my life and to my career. But to have a best coach ever is a is a situation, man. I I just can't get into because Ben Harris has been so instrumental in in things in my life that I just 
outside of football. You know, when you're talking about coaching, you got a life, you have a life coach, and when you have someone connected to you, like Ben Harris, it's just, you know, it's still a, it's a relationship that's good today. Coach Gene Stallings, uh, X and O's, and Barry Swisser, you know, Barry Swisser is, 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 is known college football, and the Hall of Fame, all of that. So those three coaches are very near and dear to me. But, hey, I won a championship with each one. All was good coaches, all different in different areas. So I'm just going to leave it like that, Lee. I'm not going to say which one I feel like is the best because they were all very instrumental in the success of my football career. Who was your coach for the Mobile Admirals? Sam Weiss. I don't know if you remember that guy. You, you mean a, the former NFL coach, coach? at the uh, at the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the day? Uh, uh, I, he coached a few different teams in the NFL, but he was the coach for the Mobile Admirals that one year that we was in existence and won the championship. So he was a pretty good coach as well, I would think. We won the championship in the only season of the, of the existence. Sherman, great stuff, man. Always good to catch up with you, man. We really do appreciate it. And you got to come by the studio one day so I can see that Admiral's ring, man. I want to see what that thing looks like. Yeah, man, we'll, we'll do it. We'll schedule a time. Let me know when you're available. You know, I know your schedule is so busy, Mark. You, you're very busy, man. And, you know, and you probably have to fit me in whenever you can. So just let me know, and we'll make a time, and we'll schedule it up. Hey, we're here. I hope to see you at the event, though. I hope to see you at the Iron Bowl Legends Benefit Gala. I want to see you there. We'll have live auctions. Wow. We'll have silent auctions. The players do the live auctions, but we also will have a silent auction. But we have memorabilia from all types of people, all sports, uh, football, basketball, baseball. We just have a, a, a great time, and I hope to see you in the in the event. Great stuff, man. Always ha great to have you on, man. I uh, hope you're doing well. It sounds like things are going great for you, and we'll do it again soon for sure. Yes, sir. PalmerWilliamsGroup.org. At Sherman Williams, ladies and gentlemen, former Alabama Dallas Cowboy running back right here on the sports station, WNSP. Speaking of events, I told you, tickets are going fast. You need to jump on at the 11th annual Rolling Tigers Booster Club Bash coming up on December 6th, not that far away. A $10,000 drawdown. That's right. You could walk away with ten grand. Perfect for the holidays and for a great cause, right? They are... Uh, Rolling Tigers Booster Club, they support wheelchair sports at Auburn University. It's December 6th at St. Dominic's Murphy Center. Uh, DJ, the one and only Matt McCoy. I'm sure he takes uh, requests and dedications, but there's only one way to find out. you got to go check it out. Uh, if you're interested in more information, interested in tickets, you want to contribute to the silent auction, you need to call Dr. Mike Rim, 232-4753. That's 232-4753. Uh, I mentioned it. It's a great opportunity to meet Rob Taylor. He's the coach of the Auburn wheelchair basketball team, also the USA Paralympic coach. So um, Dr. Rem says all the time it's really a great opportunity for parents who have children with disabilities to get information and to talk to him about getting their children involved in wheelchair sports. This event has raised over $150,000 for Auburn wheelchair sports, and they're looking to do even more good. So make sure... You get out there and get the tickets. Again, only 300 tickets sold. They're uh, already half gone. That's right. They've only got about 150 or so left, so you need to jump on it. Again, it's the 11th annual Rolling Tigers Booster Club Bash set for December 6th. Don't miss out. 
It's always a great time. When we come back, oh, we're going to get you qualified for yep. the Alec Damon. Man, what a first hour. Did we get a second winner on the Chick-fil-A? I'm speaking to myself. It, it, it was also Elvis. Well, he... <laughs> I, you, you know, say what you want. Maybe he can't win, but he was the first to get the trivia both times. All right. Max Scherzer was the answer. It's the Elvis hour. Good for him. Looks like he can bring a friend. Michael. Hey, this is Ladarius Owens, former Auburn football player and current CFL player. You're listening to WNSP. Come on, everybody. I say, now let's play a game. I bet you I could make a rhyme out of anybody's name. All right, 652. You hear the music? That's right. Apparently, we're doing this twice. It's so nice. We're going to do it twice. The Alec Naming naming it game that's right up for grabs a chance for you to get registered for a shot at the catering party thanks to alec naming oh we're gonna play an audio file all you gotta do is be uh be able to uh, correctly identify the person place or thing and be the first person to get brought on the phone at 694-1055 hey dj play that stuff let's go out there and we'll play the next 24 minutes for the next 24 minutes and we'll leave it all out on the field we got the rest of our lives to be mediocre, but we have the opportunity to play like gods for the next half of football. All right. If you know who or what that was, give us a call at 694-1055. I've, I was telling Bronner, I've kind of given up trying to figure you guys out. Every time I think it's easy, it takes a couple tries. Every time um, I think it's going to be difficult, you guys knock it out of the park. See, I, I think the first person's going to get this one. When I, it's like a long-form clip like that. Yeah, I think this one's pretty easy. But... Let's find out. All right, caller. Wh- who, what was that? Uh, Friday Night Lights. That is incorrect. <laughs> see see what I'm talking about? Wow, I they really was... do just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you're so on the right an, track. That's another one of his predictions that went to waste. Be quiet over there. Uh-oh, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> All right, uh, let's go with another caller who joins us here on WNSP. Uh, tell us what that was. John Moxon, Boston Blues. Man, I would have taken three answers, and you named two of them right there. Congratulations. Who are we talking to? This is the piglet, Bina Brown. Oh. Sorry, guys. That was too Everybody easy. qualifies. Everybody qualifies, but I will invite y'all. How about that? Oh, man, he's just hitting it out of the park. All right, I'd say stay on the line and get, we can get your information, but something tells me we already have it. I think you got it, brother. All right, man, congratulations. We appreciate it. Yeah, that was uh, Varsity Blues, Jonathan Moxon. Someone in the app said that was Rush Probe's halftime speech. <laughs> I thought it was Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, the way it was, it was so fast that he was talking. Yeah, uh, that is a very quotable movie, for sure. And it's a football movie, and we love both on this show. So there you go. If you uh, missed your opportunity, fear not. Apparently, we're doing it again later. So I will come up with another audio file uh, for you guys to uh, – maybe I need to shorten it. But uh, that's where we stand, Lee. Uh, coming up, hour number two is going to be a good one. we got Paul Feinbaum. He, everybody hates Paul, so that will be fun to talk to him about that. Uh, Rick Flair wants a piece of him now. And uh, Eli Gole will join us as well. 
Jim Nagy's going to join us at 8, Jake Crane at 8.30. So plenty to get to over the next two-plus hours. Yeah, with Jim, uh, we're going to talk about the 75th anniversary that was voted on. Also, any newcomers that have uh, committed to come to the uh, Senior Bowl. Obviously, with Eli Gold about the game coming up on Saturday with Paul. We'll be going around the horn with Paul. Michigan, of course, will be on topic. And uh, other things that are of interest to you, such as the college football playoff poll, and uh, the, the latest poll uh, with Georgia uh, uprooting Ohio State to wind up number one. Now, we're going to be carrying the Georgia-Tennessee game on WNSP this week, uh, this coming Saturday. So be a very important game. It's, a, it's not the strongest week of college football, but that's one game that sticks out. And so we'll be, uh, you know, have that broadcast for you on uh, Saturday. Uh, how do you feel about socks, Lee? I wear them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, just, I don't like going bare Bronner over them. here. Bronner over here is wearing a, a, a very specific type of sock. Do you want to do you want to share with folk the the uh, the footwear you, you're rocking today? Well, they're dress socks, which is weird because he's not. He's it, trying to show a little class. Well, OK, they're orange. They're orange. They have elephants on them and the elephants have a mug of beer in their trunk. So they're orange, the auburn color, right? Uh, it's more of a, yeah, yeah, it's I mean. So, and then you got the elephant, the Alabama. It's ironic, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Where'd you get them? Did you uh, knit it yourself? Or? I can't remember. I, I've had them for a while. So I think my mom bought them for me. They're dress socks, yet he's rocking sweatpants and Crocs. You know, he can't have everything. It's one thing at a time. Yeah. It's early in the morning. Uh, so nah, but I think he made a conscious effort to put these on today. I saw him sitting there in the drawer. Said, "Ah, I'm gonna wear Let those me wear today." Wear these dress socks with my sweatpants and Crocs. Now, did you, Michael? Were you the one that wanted us to talk about it, or did I? That no, is I, fully I, I a Mark I, I topic. I thought they were unusual. That you have elephants on orange socks. One. Uh, yeah. How do you explain and, that? And the fact that anybody would actually wear them. With for no particular reason. How do you explain the Alabama mascot on orange socks? Is there an explanation? I think they were purchased like in New Jersey, so like there's no college affiliation there. Hmm. So. Oh, now you're getting hit up uh, because you're wearing the Crocs. That's, I my, don't. that's my bad. I, I, I probably I, I share too much. I share too much. Yeah, I don't care. That's fine. See that, people? See that? Bronner doesn't care what you think. Yeah. Well, he's not a fashion plate. And then again, who is here? Getting up at five o'clock and exactly. coming in. Nobody's a fat coming in to spin gold you're, you're for, not, for you're all not, you. You're not I mean. getting up at five a.m. Well, what is it like five forty? You're getting up. You got me. <laughs> 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 all right, um, a lot of horsing around and shenanigans in hour number one. Uh, I can't promise that won't continue, but you guys can continue in the app at wnsp.com. Uh, we will come back. Paul Feinbaum will join us. Um, we'll get the in all seriousness. Ric Flair called him out. He's not the first to call Paul out. It won't be the last. I've been watching a lot of Paul lately. And I really like the top of the hour song. Okay. The Call Paul remix. You like that? Yeah. Okay. I really like it. Call Paul. Do, do you want to? Do you want to do a? Well, we have a top of the hour song for Paul. You don't like it as much as theirs. I like theirs better, frankly. Play yeah. it then. Maybe I'll throw it on. If you like it so much, play it then. Play it. The Razorbacks are hard to stop. It's catchy. Okay. 
Is there some sort of copyright infringement or something because we're taking his song and playing it on ours? Show? I don't know. We'll have to get WNSP legal on that. <laughs> <laughs> our our uh, enhanced legal department. Yeah. yeah. It's probably like Triple G. Well, Your Honor, listen, guys. All right, hour number two is on the way. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station 105.5 FM WNSP and on the sound of mobile app the latest sports news traffic weather and timely guests with Mark Hine Lee Shervanian and Michael Brawner the opening kickoff. kickoff here are Mark Lee and Michael It's uh, hour number two, the opening kickoff. Let's get right to him. Paul Feinbaum, ESPN, SEC, radio, television, and many say the voice of the South. Paul, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? All good, Lee. Thank you. All right. I had this question. If Michigan goes all the way this year, wins the national championship, and they have a parade in Ann Arbor, and they invite you to be the grand marshal, would you accept I would not. I don't like being associated with cheaters. <laughs> what if Ric Flair was in the vehicle with you? <laughs> that was, I would. I would. I would reverse my previous stance and, and be there with uh, with a robe on. Yeah. So, Paul, have you has your career reached an all time high or an all time low now that you're being called out by uh, a quote unquote professional wrestler? Well, it's interesting, uh, and I don't want to say that, you know, you hear this uh, thrown around a lot, Mark, you know, we're friends. I, I know Ric Flair fairly well. Uh, you know, we've texted a number of times. Uh, we, we've been together. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I just felt, I mean, I, I think, and you understand this, uh, but to understand why Ric Flair said what he did the other day, you have to also understand how truly – small and petty and petulant he is. This is not about Jim Harbaugh. This is about a slight that happened a couple of years ago in Athens. And he was a, he was a big Georgia fan. He, he, he's called our show a couple of times. His, his, uh, his stepson went to Auburn one, uh, and he called us about that. And I think the son called us. Uh, and so he's a big Georgia fan. He lives in Atlanta. He used to live in Charlotte until uh, the walls came tumbling uh, down around him uh, there. And apparently Kirby Smart didn't shake hands with him. And Flair went crazy. Uh, and, and when Georgia met Michigan two years ago in the CFP semifinal, Flair went on social media wearing a Michigan yeah. jersey uh, professing his love. And, and you know, Mark, I don't need to tell you, you don't do that in the South. 
so that turned a lot of people off, and uh, we we got some blowback uh, in the out. We've had him on uh, since then, and and you know, a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember what he uh, when he, apparently when he showed up at uh, Michigan a week or two ago. We jokingly said on the show, we're done with him, uh, we, uh, and, and apparently he heard about it. Uh, he, he told me he watches the show, and, uh, you know, he said what he did. I, I mean, that's fine, I, I, but it's just it's a, I just people, people need to understand why he's a Michigan fan. Are you rooting for Harbaugh to get back on the field this week or stay where he is in front of his TV set five inches or five feet away? Uh, it would be, I would be happy to see him back so, so this story would go away at least for a couple of days. Good point. Uh, you mentioned Georgia. They're number one. Uh, just reflect on this week's college football poll. And again, I know there's still a couple of weeks to go. So people are trying to make issues out of so much that will probably be resolved anyway. But what would you, what'd you make of this week's uh, poll? I think they got it right, Lee. Uh, I mean, to me, Georgia has been number one. Now, you, you could argue with Georgia being number one maybe early in the year. Uh, but you know, once they started, uh, you know, post Auburn, uh, I mean, they've been playing uh, lights out football, and I think they 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 clearly shown they're the best team. And what finally happened for Georgia too is the schedule got better. Uh, you know, th- these last couple of weeks they played top twenty five teams, and that matters at the end of the season. And I I really like what I'm seeing from them. Uh, I mean, they're they're playing extraordinarily well, and. I, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me, but the whole CFP conversation every week is, is a little bit annoying. Uh, there's so many chess pieces that are not complete yet that will be. Uh, so for us to, not for the three of us, but fans to call in your show and others to scream and holler about being disrespected, uh, it, it does take care of itself. I know that kills some of the joy of, of being a college football fan, but uh, Georgia should have been number one all along. So which firing, if any of them, surprised you the most, Fisher or Arnett? Uh, Fisher, because you, you, we, we'd all, I mean, you knew something was wrong. You could sense it. You could see it. But you still couldn't quite wrap your arms around the money. Uh, and I think A&M folks, uh, after uh, the Ole Miss game, they just said that they folded up. Uh, the 10th they said we're done uh can, can we raise the money yes how, how are we going, going to pay for it this way and let's let's go ahead and do it uh yeah the arnett firing uh was was very easy to see um i've been to starkville this year i've talked to a lot of people and the uh the whispers about zach arnett were were very loud e- even six seven weeks ago I mean, he just simply didn't have a, a good command of, of that of that job and he probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have been since of the circumstances that he got that it, that presented him with it in the first place i think i think we sat here and we were probably as surprised as anyone that it, i mean if you had told me saturday night late that there was going to be one coach that was going to be fired i think we all would have said sam Pittman. do you think he's next and is that yeah. coming sooner than rather than later uh, I think you're. I think you're right, uh, Mark. Saturday night, rumors started flying around uh, with our group uh, about something going on on Sunday, and, and I think most people did think it was going to be uh, Sam. So it was a surprise. Uh, uh, but knowing uh, knowing how A and M people think, uh, and Mark, you've heard me say this uh, as, as far away as a year ago, uh, money was not going to be the final uh, object out there. I think it was trajectory. 
And what that loss meant to Ole Miss was that, that meant five losses for the season because LSU is, is still to come. And I, I think that was too much. You just can't – you can't go seven and five after a terrible season last year uh, and a mediocre season the year before, even, even with the Alabama win, and say, you know, we're going in the right direction. Recruiting is too important. He's Paul Feinbaum. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at Feinbaum. Uh, caught your interview with Terry on Arnold, and um, what I—he's—he's he's so great, Paul. Like I, I don't care who he plays for. He's just—you could have—you could do a whole hour with him, and it just wouldn't be enough. Uh, easily, but my favorite interview of the year, and and I know he does a lot of NIL stuff, so he's got—he's got experience, but that doesn't matter, Mark. You know that. Uh, he's what he said, and I, and I don't—I mean, you're the only one I think that's picked up on this in the national. Uh, and, 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 and state media. But, you know, so many people, including uh, columnists at your, at your publication, Mark, uh, have interpreted Nick Saban attacking the media a week ago when, when he talked about naysayers. And, you know, I mean, I saw the headline. Hey, and Saban drops the, drops the mic on the, on the media. I mean, that's just – that's paint by numbers. If you listen to Terry and Arnold – what, what everybody on that team is talking about, and, 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 they, and he and uh, Jalen Milrow, you know, started talking about this before the season. It, it's the former players. Uh, you know, I think it was Bo Scarborough. I, mean, you, I know you guys wrote about it. Uh, I mean, there were a couple of former players who went, who went on social media, even yeah. McElroy, I think, uh, even last year, saying this doesn't look like the same team. This doesn't look like Alabama football. And that really – I mean, those guys are not going to get upset about, the, about you know, what – I say or you say or Stephen Ames says, but they do care about what their former players say, especially the same guys who take shots one day and then uh, on, on Saturday for the big games, they're on the sidelines uh, slapping the players on the back. And, and I thought that was one of the most interesting moments of the whole year when, when Terrion said that about the former players. And that's the reason they got their backs up. I mean, everybody has these theories about, Saban and Jalen Milrow in the USF game. But that, that to me, defined what this season has, been, has really been all about. And who would have ever thought the motivating factor for this year's Crimson Tide run toward the SEC and maybe a national championship is former Alabama players criticizing them? A question that was raised, I guess, that we consider a very topical one here. Could a once-beaten Alabama team, if they run the table and beat Georgia, jump over Texas into the final four if Texas stays where they are now with just one loss? If Alabama runs the table and beats Georgia, it would be absolutely criminal to keep them out of the CFP. They, they are one of the best teams in the country. I think they already are, um, but that would prove it. They would have – Possibly the best win of the season. I, I say possibly because if Ohio State beats Michigan in in Ann Arbor, uh, that that would that would that would be on the same level. But but it's absurd to start playing these games: Alabama versus Texas, Alabama versus Florida State. Quite frankly, I think Alabama should get in there under that circumstance, even over an undefeated Florida State team. I mean, I, I just think about. All, all these, I mean, you give Alabama some of these schedules, uh, and they're going to run the table. The only reason Alabama didn't run, isn't undefeated right now is because of, you know, they played one of the top teams in the country in Texas. I respect Texas. I do. Uh, but 
let's not get hung up on a game on September 9th. Uh, you know, head-to-head, great, that's fantastic. That should be part of it. Uh, but, but, but what the most important thing this, this committee needs to do is look at the teams on the last Saturday that they have a chance to evaluate, which will be a week from next, uh, this Saturday, and, and make a determination who are the four best teams in the country. And if Alabama beats Georgia, uh, there's, not, there's not anybody in that room that can look any of us in the eye and say, honestly, I don't believe Alabama is one of the four best teams in the country. He's Paul Feinbaum. You know, the other thing that's really interesting, Paul, is as much as everybody across the nation is talking about how great the Pac-12 is, everybody's kind of dinging Oregon right now for their strength of schedule and why they're, why they're ranked where they are. Well, the game that I think could be the most important of the weekend is, is at Oregon State, Mark. Uh, and I just you – know, I, I think, you know, don't, don't, let's not forget what's going on out there. I don't believe the Pac-12 is going to end up the way it is right now, and so I think I think I think I think starting tonight, starting Saturday, things are going to get a little bit easier for Alabama. I mean, there there's a lot of traps out there. Texas has a tough road game. Washington does, um, and you're right about Oregon. Uh, I, I, you can't look at this thing even after even after nine weeks, ten weeks, because. Alabama, uh, it's, it's the 13th week that's going to change everything, and nobody will have a tougher game than Alabama uh, on that championship weekend. And, and it's just ridiculous to think about Alabama winning that game and not getting in. And you, know, I mean, you may hear some Georgia fans crying, but it mean, doesn't matter. I mean, that, that, that's for, you know, you're, you're winning the SEC championship over Georgia, number one team in the country in Atlanta. Come on. He's Paul Feinbaum, man. Always appreciate the time, sir. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll get at you next week. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. That's Paul. All right, scoreboard traffic and weather next. Uh, Eli Gold's going to join us at 7.30. Uh, Jim Nagy at 8 o'clock. Jay Crane at 8.30. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. we got plenty of show left right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hello, Mobile. This is Damian Craig, and I'm listening to Sports Station WNSP. From the Garden State, born to be a big star, thick ass wallet full of Chick Fil A gift cards, man steady grinding for the sun, even shining. Couple fake teeth, but they're all made of diamonds. The haters jealous because they know they can't beat us. Riding through the town, windows down in the Prius. Cops are lucky he's not a public defendant because he'd never let a client ever finish a sentence. L to the E. Ah, oh, a goodie, an oldie, but a goodie, Lee, right here on the sports station. We need to bring that back on a more uh, more regular basis. What do you think, Lee? Let's not. What let's are you talking not. about? Let's you not. loved that song. It's a good song, but uh, the song I had played fit right into our team of the day. That's <laughs> the only problem I yeah, had. Yeah, but it was it. the only window I had in the show to play I got that. You. All right, well, you're the producer, so it falls on your shoulders. Uh, that, oh, that, that was by our, uh, artist, Nick Wiggins, right? Formerly known as WNSP Productions. Formerly known as Nick Wiggins. Yeah. It's, it's really the only contribution he's made here at WNSP. And for that, we're thankful. <laughs> you guys still do your, uh, podcast, the NFL, the NBA, and the baseball? Is that still being done? The, you're talking about the live shows? Like, yeah, we, we had disbanded heard, those during football season. Those. What say that again? I haven't heard any of you talk about it being like on Wednesday at five thirty. Are those still being done? We had put a pause on that during football season gotcha. since like, you know, we wouldn't jump from Alabama talk at five 
thirty to NBA so talk or, or baseball. Yeah, or I got you. Makes sense. It makes perfect sense. All right, here's something that makes sense. Bachelor service. They've been uh, servicing the air conditioning needs of Mobile and Baldwin County homeowners for more than fifty years. All right, they're our team of the day. Every Thursday, Rick True and his staff. We recognize what they offer. Besides that $79 special tune-up special, they offer plumbing services to the home as well. They offer full complement of air purification products. They offer house generators in stock. And they'll offer energy savings, maintenance agreements for heating and air conditioning, and for generators. They're the Daikin Comfort Pro. They offer the Daikin line of air conditioning equipment with the uh, most state-of-the-art technology available. You know, I look at this, and I say they've been in business over 50 years. They must know what they're doing. And no, nobody could stay in business that long if they weren't successful. So to that, I congratulate Bachelor Service, and I can thank them for being our team of the day on Thursday. You can reach them. Uh, you can call them if you uh, want to take advantage of that uh, $79 tune-up special. 476-4321 or visit bachelorservice.com. All right. Uh, coming up uh, here in just a few minutes, Eli Gold's going to join us. How about that? Uh, we'll talk to Jim Nagy at 8 o'clock and Jake Crane at 8.30. Uh, Lee, I think Lee's in the uh, Lee's in the app, too, under an anonymous name because in the app says, please never again about uh, the, uh, the Lee Shervanian song. However, I believe that went double platinum. So we're going to be hearing a lot of that one for sure. 41 views on YouTube. So really? If that ever made it. In like the last five minutes or the last time? five months. <laughs> Would Nick get a Grammy for that? Uh, Is there yes, such a uh, thing? Yeah. Do they give Grammys for something like that? I think sure. WNSP holds the creative rights to it, unfortunately. You know how this music business stuff oh. works. It's so hard to get your foot in the door of the music business. <laughs> Did you see the uh, reaction of Travis Kelsey at the uh, concert uh, in Argentina with his girlfriend? You always find a way to shoehorn Taylor when Swift. They, he really does. Show. That's how Taylor Swift gets mentioned as Travis Kelsey's girlfriend. Right. When they mentioned uh, the Chiefs in one of her songs. Yes. Yes. He, d he does that podcast with his brother, which has generated a lot of interest because Jason has now made People Magazine as one of the sexiest men in America. That's so cringe that you're you're, you're reporting on that. <laughs> you know who Next thing he's going to do is give us the lowdown on this whole Will Smith rumor thing going on. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, look into it. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't Google video Look, in, for look it. into it and then uh, give us a full report. Yeah, we'll need a full report on Will Smith and his doings and things during the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air days. Jada, by the way, says she's suing. I, what does she care? I, I, I hate both of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eli Gold is next right here on the sports station WNSP. song i i don't think alabama football first i think con air with nicholas cage <laughs> that is one of the most horrible movies i have ever seen now uh, see i actually like that movie <laughs> see the interest how we yeah. diversified 
like you know you're you like that Ricky Bobby movie, Talladega Nights. Yeah, yeah you like that one, right, yeah. my, um, Michael? See, I like the the uh, one with Nicolas Cage. I, I don't know. I watched that like a couple of years ago and sat there thinking, why did I just spend an hour forty five watching this? I mean, uh, granted, the Academy Award, uh, the Academy isn't exactly contacting Nicolas Cage or anybody in that film, but still. Um, and I and I called it a film, which was a misstep on my part. Movie, but it's a it's a it's a it's a summer blockbuster. Has classic. he been in Mobile lately to do any films? Seems probably. like he's here every other month yeah, doing a movie. Probably. I don't know if they ever make it. I'll tell you, a guy that makes it is Eli Gold. Thanks to Dex Imaging, we get to talk to him right now. Eli, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good, good, good. Sounds like you have an interesting conversation going there. Uh, <laughs> it's like we're a little off the rails yeah, today, it's Eli. Been all, Eli, we need you to put us back on the rails. It's been off the rails today. But I will ask you this, because it came up yesterday. They they badgered me because I, I attacked Talladega Nights. Uh, what is your favorite movie? Do you have one, one or two or three? Oh, Lord, no. I, I don't do many movies. You know which one I really liked was the uh, the one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix where he played Johnny Cash. Um, I don't remember the name, but I don't do many movies. I've just, uh, just you know, the if they're not shown in an airplane, I don't really see them. Yeah, it was Walk the Line. Why? Well, a lot of times when I was on bus trips with the Jags, there were a lot of movies. That's when we saw Talladega Nights, which was not one of my favorites. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I put in there, yeah. I'm with Mark on Wedding Crashers and also Hoosiers is one of my favorites. <laughs> Yeah, Hoosiers was very good. It sure was. I might have come up with that if I'd had a little more time, but uh, yeah, that one was a good one. It Did sure you like was. any of the movies about Alabama, Bear Bryant, that you saw or didn't see? No, not really. All not right, really. I've, I've seen news, you know, news flashes and stuff like that, but uh, no, uh, no full-length movies. No. All right, help us out on this. We'll get back on the rails. Uh, Chattanooga. Obviously, I don't know that much about him, and I don't think many people do. They have a good record this year, and get this: you're gonna have, a, you should have a very good radio audience because unless you have what, SEC plus or pluses that's not being televised, at least I can't get it. Tell us about yeah. this team that you're going to be broadcasting Alabama against. Well, it's, it's not a bad ball club. This is not your father's Chattanooga, okay? Uh, they, like everybody else, have brought in a bunch of transfers from all sorts of locations. So they are a better team than the Chattanoogas that have played Alabama 13 or 14 times previous over the years. Um, they are not the Crimson Tide. All right, this is a game that, yes, Alabama should win and should win handily. But they do have better talent. Uh, they, they have uh, shown improvement over the years. So, yeah, they're a better ball club, but they're still not Alabama. Let me ask you this, Eli, and a little more serious. With the schedule you've had, all home games, has your health held up? Is everything okay physically? Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. As a matter of fact, I am doing the road game. I am doing the uh, the Iron Bowl next week. I'm going to Auburn with the guys. So, uh, yes, everything is coming along very, very well. Um, and, you know, we, we just didn't know. 
we didn't know at the beginning of the season what it was going to be like. Um, one of the things that I have been doing is I have been sleeping more than I ever did. Uh, you know, I'll go to bed sometimes at 8 o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, and maybe that's normal for you guys since you're up doing a talk show every day. But, uh, you know, I may, I'll, I'll go to sleep earlier uh, in the evening and, and sleep in until, uh, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, something like that. So, um, you know, I, I asked my doctor about that, and, and, and she said that for every day that I laid in bed in the hospital like a slug, for every day that I laid in bed, it takes two and a half to three days to recover once I've gotten busy again, you know? So... There is a recovery period from this type of cancer that uh, that takes a while. So, yeah, we wanted to make sure everything went well, but it has gone well. And, uh, you know, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to every game at this point. It's been great medicine, and I am looking forward to uh, hitting the road with the, with the team uh, to Auburn next week. What are some of the... I, I, broadcasting Alabama this year and, and where they started and where they are now. What are some of the things that stuck out in your mind about this ball club and, and where they are to this point? Well, the improvement on the offensive line. Uh, and it's still probably not where they want to be in total, but they have made huge improvements. Um, the confidence factor that we're seeing from a lot of the players, from Jalen Milrow all the way up and down the line. Uh, you know, if, if you don't improve after, you know, 9, 10, 11 games, then there's something really wrong. So, uh, yes, this is a vastly improved team from that which we saw, you know, as the season began back uh, in, in, in September. So uh, that's, that's the important thing. I've seen a lot of improvement, and that's been very, very good to note. You know, Eli, what's amazing about this, and if I had a chance to ask I can't hear you, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. How's that? Is that better? No, I'm hearing you on Lee's microphone, I think. All right, how about that? Does that work? All right, there so, you go. so yeah. Lee just handed me the mic. Mike, he just dropped he just dropped the mic right there on the studio. I thought one of the things that was really interesting about this year, and if I had a question, if I could ask Nick Saban, I would ask him, is how often do his teams improve as dramatically as his team improved this season? I think the difference for a lot of fans here, Eli, is we saw that improvement firsthand, like up close and personal, right? The pre-snap penalties, the lack of quarterback play. I'm wondering how much of that actually takes place on the practice field every year as opposed to right there in mm. front of 80,000 every week. That's a great question. I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, I saw when we went to practice in the off season or the, 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 the spring and fall camp and what have you, uh, we saw what Jalen Milrow could do. You know, these long throws and these blazing runs, we saw that. Why those didn't manifest itself right off the bat, I don't know. But, uh, but you know, heck, Nick is good. Nick Saban is good. And he knows what to look for. Uh, but that's a great question to ask him uh, if you ever get a chance to do so. Uh, I, I dare say there is improvement every year, but yeah, this year there might have been a little bit more 
than we have seen in other years. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, I'll have to try to beat Pee Wee. Uh, I'll see, I'll see if I can go. get mine early. <laughs> Speaking of Pee Wee, well, who's on the show tonight? Hey, Coach, on uh, the Zoo 92.1, we're going to carry that show tonight. You start at 6.30. What do you got planned? Yeah, we have a plan. We're going to open up with a little soccer because the women's soccer team is still alive in the NCAA tournament. So uh, we're going to open up with uh, talking some soccer. Then we're going to have uh, some general discussion about uh, Alabama football. We've got some media guys coming on, as we always do. And, of course, at 7 o'clock, Coach Nick Saban will be uh, joining us as well. So uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, it should be an interesting show. And then next week, of course, just a reminder, we're on on Wednesday night of next week because Thursday of next week is Thanksgiving, uh, and we've got to, um, you know, we won't be doing the show on Thursday. So uh, next Thursday, next Wednesday night is when Nick Saban will be joining us next week. Hey, just to give Mr. Bob Baumhauer, our good friend, a plug, because that's where you broadcast from Victory Grill, What's what's your favorite food there, or like if they brought food like they did on the the uh, game day, what would you oh. like to have them deliver? And by the way, I want to mention Bob's opening up a new place in Foley, December fifth. Yeah, I right heard it's opening up. Yeah, district. definitely. That's been that's been good news. He's been doing so well. Uh, Baumhauer has been trying to get involved with that game day visit for many years, and it finally worked. I love I do love the wings. I also love the chicken and waffles. That's very good. And that new uh, Callaway steak, the steak topped with the uh, name. It's named Callaway because Neil Callaway, remember him? Yep. He used to order it all the time. It was never on the menu. And they used to go in there and order one of their ribeye steaks and say, hey, put a little uh, etouffee on the top of it for me, would you? I love that. So they decided to try it. And uh, that steak Callaway is now on the menu. We enjoy that. So, uh, you know, they got great burgers and everything there's no uh there's anything you order from bomb Howers is going to be good we're gonna uh we're gonna talk to bob about creating a menu item called the eli i think what we'll do is a ribeye with a side of waffles and a, and a wing on top what do you think <laughs> there you go <laughs> that would work Eli Gold is the voice of the Crimson Tide. What time do you uh, start? Oh, eight o'clock. You have an eight o'clock pregame this coming Saturday. Another early yeah, game. Yeah, we're on at eight o'clock. So uh, we'll uh, be at the uh, we'll be at the uh, stadium by six thirty, which means we'll wake up uh, in Tuscaloosa around uh, you know five o'clock or so, shower, shave, and and quickly uh, get to the stadium. You know, there's not going to be at that time. Even when you're playing a, a notable opponent, uh, there's not a lot of traffic at that time. And with no disrespect to Chattanooga, there probably won't be much traffic until a whole lot closer to game time. So, yeah, it's an early, early morning. But, yes, it'll be, uh, you know, we'll be at the stadium uh, by 6.30 on, on Saturday. What's your over-under on how long you think Jalen Milrow will quarterback in that game? Three quarters. All right. I really do. I think he'll play uh, into the third quarter at least. Um, that's a guess. 
because you want to keep him sharp. Uh, you don't want him to play and, and risk injury, obviously, with Auburn the following week. But at the same time, you just can't take a guy and put him aside and, and, and you know, hope he doesn't get stale or anything. So I expect he'll play uh, a good bit come Saturday. I know something that never gets stale, your conversation about Dex Imaging. What you got? No, it never does. And, and I can also guarantee I'm not going to ask Nick Saban how long Milrow is going to play. I, I'll guarantee <laughs> you that. When he leaves, he leaves. We'll all see it together. But, uh, yeah, I've been using my, my, my uh, Dex Imaging copier uh, very, very heavily here lately. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, each week people say, what are you copying all the time? Well, you got game notes. You have stats. You have the, the spotting charts. You have this. You have that. There's so much I can't even count how many i don't use a whole ream of paper each week but i i do use a lot to uh keep up with all that i have to do and i'll tell you it's nice to know that you have a machine that has got the the guts to keep up with you and that's what i i know how uh, now have a Hewlett-Packard machine. I have an HP that they uh, substituted for me, and uh, it works like a breeze because that's what Dex does. They look for after you. They take a look at what you need, and they make sure you get the right machine at a budget, at a price that you can afford. Folks, just remember the name Dex, D-E-X. If you need a, a copier, if you need a scanner for your home, for your business, whatever it might be, You'll do no better ever than dealing with Dex Imaging. That's their online address, DexImaging.com. Appreciate you coming on, Eli. We'll be listening tonight. Have a very successful weekend, and we look forward to talking to you next week about the Iron Bowl. Thank you so much. Sounds good, guys. Take care. All right. Uh, I want to remind everybody that if you have any oral surgery needs or jaw problems or anything that crops up, Give Dr. Christopher Mullinex and his office a call at 471-3381. Oral surgeons Dr. Christopher Mullinex and Dr. Aaron Wallander are there for you. They provide facial trauma, knocked out teeth, wisdom teeth, dental implants, jaw surgery, and much, much more. They're located at 715 Downtown Boulevard. They do take day of appointments. You do not need a referral. My recommendation should be good enough. I've been there plenty of times. And like I say, very little waiting in the waiting room, no major paperwork to fill out, to the dental chair, and I'm out of there. And the next day, no pain and very little discomfort. All right. When we come back, we'll catch up with uh, Dave McCrary of LCM Motorcars and LCMMotorcars.com. Jim Nagy will kick off hour number three. And Jake Crane will also join us in uh, that hour. We'll get another one of you qualified for the Alec Naiman Catering Party with another rendition of Naiman It. So we got plenty left, and we're going to wrap up our number two next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hey, this is Julian Zeus McClurkin with the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and my favorite station is WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. Kickoff continues on WNSP, and it's time to highlight the cars of the week with David McCrary at LCM Motor Cars in Theodore. David McCrary of LCM Motor Cars and LCMMotorCars.com joins us here on WNSP. It's a new day, which means new inventory on the lot. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mark. Yeah, we got some new um, stuff in yesterday. We got two 22, 2022 Camrys. 
Um, so you know, Toy Camrys. I mean, they're everybody's looking for them. They're hard to find, really. Um, there's not that many on the um, even on the new car lots right now. But both of them have miles in the 30s. They're both still under factory warranty. Um, we also got in a rare piece that's a 2008 regular cab Silverado with the V8 in it. It's got the 5.3 liter V8 in it. You see a lot of these little regular cabs with the six cylinders or the small V8, but this one's got the big V8 in it. And it's a short bed. It's not a um, work truck looking um, vehicle. It's really a neat looking truck. Man, a V8, that one's just screaming Trevanian. We'll uh, we'll see if we can run him over there. So these things are not going to be on the lot very long, clearly. When's the best time to come see you and the guys? Uh, we're there 8 to 6, Monday through Friday, 9 to 2 on Saturday. Um, give us a call at 251-375-0068. Come see us in person. We're on Highway 90 at Plantation Road in Theodore. It's one mile south of I-10, exit 15A. Or go to the website, lcmotorcars.com. We should have pictures um if this weather will get out of here, we'll have some pictures of the Camry and the truck on, on the Internet. They are on Facebook already. Great. Uh, and I, I told you, uh, last time I talked to you, since the last time I talked to you, I've seen two or three LCM motor cars, uh, cars out on the street. I saw one on Highway 90, saw one around Hillcrest and Cottage Hill. You guys are everywhere. Well, hopefully you'll see four or five next time. <laughs> hey, man, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. <laughs> Have a good day, buddy. Yep, that's uh, David McCrary of LCM Motorcars. Check him out at lcmmotorcars.com. Uh, I've been out there, uh, and as I always tell you guys, if they don't have what you're looking for, they will uh, they will find it for you wherever uh, that car is located. And they'll get it down to the color, man. They, they do a great job. All the financing and everything is done right there on the lot. Um, they do uh, as, as good a job as anybody in the area, and they've been around a while, so that you know you're going to get some quality work there. All right, uh, we got some time if you want to jump in at 694 1055 if you want to um uh, react to eli goal or paul feinbaum you can certainly do so uh, we're going to talk to jim Nagy coming up in about 10 minutes here yeah the way paul uh, addressed the question uh, whether a once beaten alabama team if they run the table and get past auburn and georgia while texas let's say they stay where they are with only one loss paul said quote it would be criminal if alabama did not get into the uh the final four and he even uh and his prediction, I say, his his thought or his opinion is that they would jump even a Pac-12 team. Now, I don't know if he included an undefeated Washington team in that. The only thing that um, the only thing that I would disagree with Paul about is or I think would be up for debate is he was talking about Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC championship game would be the best win of the season. I think it's hard to argue that Texas going into Tuscaloosa and winning the way they won isn't the most impressive win. Obviously, from a road standpoint, you travel to Tuscaloosa. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. But again, I, I, Paul may be looking at the fact by the time Alabama gets to Georgia, they could have maybe, I, th I think uh, the numbers are a 30-game winning streak, something like that, which is not it's not, I'm not going to say it's unheard of because the record is 47, but to win 30 games in a row or 31 or whatever it would be. Now, of course, that's a neutral site. Well, is it, though? You guys, well, it's 50-50 supposedly, although it's obviously closer to uh, Athens, Georgia, than it is to Tuscaloosa. But I'm not going to disagree with you because there was so much pressure on Texas going into Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and wasn't the – I mean, isn't, Sa isn't Saban's record at home something stupid like yeah. 100 and like lost like eight games? Their, yeah. their so. record at uh, – the last I saw a couple of weeks ago, the winning record at Bryant-Denny over the all, – all over the years is like the best in the nation. And I th – 
I think Boise State is like right behind them. It's like winning like 84% or something like that. Is that about right, Michael? Uh, yeah, something like that. I, Boise I would, State was right next to them. I would disagree with you, Mark, in that, you know, for what Alabama was at the beginning of the year, for what Georgia is right now and looking like, and, you know, they're rounded into shape at the end of the year. I mean, Alabama was not a top five team those first couple of weeks. We didn't I know that at the time, though. I mean, fair enough, but it became pretty apparent that next week when they when they were in a struggle against USF. Right. Well, if we're going to acknowledge that Georgia isn't the same team that they were at the beginning of the year, then we also have to acknowledge in that same statement that Alabama's better too. So the idea that that would be a like a, a more impressive win. What I'm saying is, if 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 the Alabama that played Texas went and beat Georgia, that would be more impressive than Alabama's current team, right? Sure. I mean, point point being, I think. Alabama has gotten a lot better as the season. I think they're a significantly better team than they were uh, 10 weeks no, I ago. I think we all agree with that. Everybody knows that. The thing is, on that <laughs> South Florida game, my gosh, that was like an experimentation in quarterbacks. Uh, Jalen didn't even play in that game. Yeah. I, what I love about this, and this is not not necessarily – this isn't about what Michael's comments were, but what I, what I, what I love – it's fascinating about this season is that Alabama fans in general that are going to be – uh, stumping for their team to get into the college football playoff are the same arguments that other teams have tried to use to surpass Alabama in past years. But again, I'm going to We're throw not the same team we were at the beginning of the year. Right. Head-to-head doesn't matter as much. You know, all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to throw a caution flag. I'm not going to predict Auburn's going to win. I'm just saying just be careful. Yeah. I agree. Auburn is a much better team now. They seem to be settled in. They're playing at home. And all I can think of, Mark, I go back to Brian Harson, the fact that he had that not-so-good team, had a quarterback who couldn't move, and they almost beat Alabama. And that's when Alabama had Bryce Young at quarterback. No, I agree. Um, all, Just all that be being careful said, on all, that one. All that being said, I, I am starting to uh, change my tune a little bit. I think if Alabama wins out, they're, they're going to get it. I, Into I, the final four. Yeah, I agree. Pretty, pretty much, no matter. But what. Auburn's not going to be a pushover. Oh, like I, we I thought they would be maybe a couple of weeks ago. I never thought that. Not at Auburn. Bro, the college football world would freak out if Alabama winds up getting in. And I'm, I'm here for it. Don't oh, get me wrong. And, but that's if Texas only has one loss, though, right? I mean, right. Like if yeah. if, uh, if nothing changes with Washington undefeated like if, in Texas, if somehow like Oregon. Juan, like, wins out and Texas wins out and Alabama winds up going. They can freak I mean, out, but you're talking about 11 wins in a row and an SEC this? champion How at 12 and Alabama one. got in and an undefeated Florida State did not? That's I, what really – and, and you know how Florida State's been wanting to get out of that league? Yeah. They would make a dash. They would do whatever it could. We, we're undefeated. We can't get in. Yeah. I don't think that Alabama would make it over Florida State. But – who knows? I All also right. don't think Florida State's going to end the season undefeated. They're going to lose at Florida. Strength of schedule would have to be considered for that. Texas is going to lose it at Iowa State this week, too. Last that time you said that, you were about three points off. It almost happened yeah, last that's, week. That's, uh, that can make things easier for the committee. Jim Nagy's next. Stay with us. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. 
the latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Indeed, here we are. Hour number three happens just like that. The opening kickoff. Here we are in the studios of WNSP. Uh, be listening because you have another chance this hour to qualify for the Alec Naiman Catering Party. Uh, we're coming down to the final stretch here, so be listening for details on that. Let's talk to uh, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Jim, thanks for joining us. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Lee. And uh, I heard your paul feinbaum interview you've taken this michigan thing so far that you have paul feinbaum on and you and you lead with the michigan question it's unbelievably it's a big story rick flair called him out paul yeah. i mean i mean uh jim paul hitting the big time now i mean gee this is like beating the dead horse times a thousand there are some that uh speculate on that but i i guess because like i'm my feeling is obviously if it was like a Boise State or something, we wouldn't even be mentioning it. But Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, undefeated. There's just so many elements to this. And, of course, who can forget Connor Stallions? So it's been uh, quite the story. Um, yeah, uh, th there are some who would agree with you, Jim, that it has been beaten into the ground. But you know what? The thing keeps going, though, because now we have that hearing coming up on Friday to see what happens there, to see if Jim gets back on the field for what could be Michigan's 1,000th victory, which is quite an accomplishment. All-time winnings program in college football history. Great news this week from the Senior Bowl, the 75th anniversary team. I guess to start out, are most or all of these players expected to come to Mobile for this, and how many are actually would be represented? Are we look? How many players would actually be coming in for this? There's 41 total guys on the team. Yeah, it was it was big news this week. Obviously, we we broke it on the NFL Network on Tuesday, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I got to give our, our team a ton of credit. I, you know, we wanted there to be a wow factor when these guys got named, and if you saw the packages that go out, and, and you'll see it, it'll it'll come out. Um, we worked kind of hand in hand with the with the seven active players that are in the NFL. Those teams, PR staffs are are doing some videos about like unveiling these packages that we sent these guys. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, Dave Rogers and Johnny Williams on our staff did a great job putting these packages together for these players. But uh, of the, I mean, there's 41 guys. So I think we'll get most of them back based off the conversations I've had with these guys. But again, they're very busy and the Super Bowl is the next week. So they might already have some things lined up. Uh, but based off the conversations, I think we'll get the vast majority of them. Would they be like during the game, like introduced, or is there like a special thing set up, let's say day before the game? I'm just curious. Yeah, we're having a gala on Friday night um, at the Battle House, and then we are going to honor them at halftime of the game. So we're working through the details of, of uh, really both things. Uh, but yeah, those are those are going to be the two events, and then we're going to try to get a, a player from every position group with our players, with our current teams. We'll blend both the American and national rosters together. So get all the offensive linemen in one room, all the quarterbacks in another room. Um, and we're going to try to get a guy from the 75th team to uh, speak to those position groups for about a half hour to an hour on Friday afternoon before they do the players parade. Um, so we got a lot planned for them, um, but it's going to be, it's going to be a great week. I, I said it the other day with Simone Eli, um, the city's never seen anything like this. I mean, we've never had this kind of star power um, in Mobile, Alabama. When you talk about 19 Hall of Famers on this list, um, and, and the rest of them probably will end up there. I mean, there's maybe only a 
uh, uh, you know, I probably count on one hand of guys that won't be in Canton eventually. Um, you look at the Aaron Donalds and Richard Sherman's and Bobby Wagner's and some of these guys, Patrick Willis, that that aren't uh, you know, aren't you know, um, they're not they don't have the the uh, they've been haven't been out of the league long enough to get into Canton. Those guys will get in. So uh, no, it's going to be a ton of star power back here. You'll hear a lot about the legends return between now and then because that's that's going to be kind of the mantra from from here to the game is the legends return. So if he makes it in, and I can only assume he will, are you going to have Pat McAfee MC one of these deals? Uh, I wouldn't ask him to do that. No, I want him to be down here just like the other guys and and uh, enjoy the weekend and not put him to work. He's uh, he's a busy guy. He doesn't he doesn't need to come down here and work. I, I hopefully this will be a little. Little uh, respite for him before he goes. I'm sure he'll be at the Super Bowl and doing plenty of his media stuff from the Super Bowl. So hopefully he can take a couple days and get down here and uh, and just relax. These are all great names. I mean, they just stick out. But are there any surprises to you? Maybe a player or two that you thought might get in and did not that you would have. Uh... Um, yeah, I don't know about I don't know about surprises, Lee. I mean, there were some tough calls. There were some tough votes. You know, we had the 32 general managers all vote. I'd hound a couple of those guys to get their get their ballots in, but uh, they all got them in. And I would say, like the ones that came down to the end, were the the third defensive end spot uh, behind Michael Strahan and Demarcus Ware came down to Jason Taylor from the Miami Dolphins and Dwight Freeney from the Indianapolis Colts. That was a really tight one. I mean, yeah. we're talking about. Two all-time greats there, and and, uh, and Dwight Freeney got squeezed. And then uh, the wide receiver position, you know, Terrell Owens was the top vote getter, and then it was uh, Torrey Holt uh, from the from the Rams and um, Reggie Wayne from the Colts. And then that fourth spot came down to Heinz Ward uh, from the Steelers, the former Super Bowl MVP, and Chad Johnson from the Bengals. And wow. uh, Heinz Ward won out there. So. And I've, I've said this before, uh, in my 25 years coming to the Senior Bowl, Chad Johnson's week was the best Senior Bowl week I've ever seen a wide receiver have. So um, that was, and he had, a, he had a phenomenal pro career. So that was, uh, that was another tough one. Uh, speaking of uh, surprises, uh, Jim Nagy, our guest here on WNSP, uh, it's, you're, you're at the point in social media world where we're announcing guys coming to the game, but as much as cool as that is, the way in which they're finding out is is probably even cooler, uh, and it's always fun to watch that kind of unfold on social media. And you guys do a great job of capturing that. I know the latest was over there in Houston. It's just really cool to, for for the way that these teams are kind of um, helping kind of uh, announce the news to the guy that's coming to the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I know the Houston guys threw Reese's peanut butter cups at their players on the practice field <laughs> last night. The two guys that got it. Yeah. Um, no, and you know the the Jaden Daniels thing yesterday over in Baton Rouge yeah. was, was big news. They even they even talked about it on Sports Center last night. Um, and that was that was our first hidden camera one. We uh, we 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 got it. We got in the original walk-ons location because they're our practice partner. We do a lot of these with walk-ons, and um, we kind of staged it. Johnny Johnny Williams on our staff had a camera. Um, and all the condiments, it was like the, the condiments were all, all around his camera. So you couldn't see the camera lens. You could just see the lens if you really, if you really looking, looked. Yeah. But there was, there was ketchup and mustard and napkins and everything in the middle of the table. And his camera was in the middle, and we staged that. And uh, Brandon Landry, the founder of, of Walk-Ons, 
you know, that was cool because he knows he knows Jaden really well um, from from being at LSU and being over there in Baton Rouge. So he kind of casually walked up, and and Brandon is in that location quite a bit. So it didn't seem weird that he was there. And then uh, he was like, "Man, why why isn't Jim Nagy giving you that invite yet?" And yeah. then uh, <laughs> and then he kind that kind of that kind of cued me to come walk over and give Jaden Daniels his invite. So no, those are those are a lot of fun. And again, it just brings exposure to the game. It brings exposure to the city of mobile so we're going to continue to try to be creative with all that stuff jim what do you think about the conversation about Jaden daniels and the heisman right now i think he should win it i think he should win it um I, I felt that since the beginning of the year and i know he has three losses but um so did lamar jackson so did a bunch of other guys i think he's playing i think he's the best player in college football he's the he's the hardest player to defend in college football um you know, I don't know if, if he if he doesn't get knocked out of that Alabama game. I don't know if that changes the outcome or not. I don't know. Um, but I do know that Alabama's defense couldn't stop him. He was running all over him. I've, I've never seen Nick Saban seem more perplexed, uh, you know, during a halftime interview than he was at halftime of that game. So he's uh, you don't have an answer for him. He's he, he's too dynamic when he pulls the ball down and runs and. He's got two first, second round receivers that he can that he can throw the deep ball to. So, um, yeah, he would he would be. I don't have a vote. You might have a vote, Mark and Lee. I don't have a vote, uh, but Jaden Daniels would get my vote for Heisman this year. Who are some of the other uh, commitments right now? Can you uh, go over the list? Uh, a few of them. Yeah, a lot of small school guys. You know, the junior news last week. A lot of people on social media were concerned that we would lose that that small school element of the game, and I, I don't want to lose that. So we're going to be really intentional about bringing certain small school players every year. So that's what we've done mostly to this point. You brought there was there's an uh, edge rusher at Houston Christian who's got a really cool backstory. He was a backup at in the Ivy League at Cornell for three years. Only started one game at Cornell. Then he goes to uh, Houston Christian the last two years and kind of blows up, and now he's in the Senior Bowl. That's a, a cool story. There's a running back from New Hampshire, uh, Dylan Laub, who's uh, he's a white running back, so there's been a lot of really lazy Christian McCaffrey comparisons. I don't think he's Christian McCaffrey, uh, but he is maybe Danny Woodheadish. Um, he had a phenomenal game earlier this year against Central Michigan where he had he broke an NCAA record for running backs. He had 13 catches for 297 yards in one game. Uh, so Dylan's coming. And then, uh, you know, in terms of big school commitments, we, we got Cooper Beebe, uh, guard from Kansas State. We went out there last week. He's probably some, – some people in the media have him as the top interior offensive lineman in the draft. And then uh, last night we got a, uh, an acceptance from Jaheim Bell, um, who a lot of people that if they watch that opening game of the year, Florida State, LSU, he scored two touchdowns in that game. He is a transfer from South Carolina, kind of a do-it-all uh, running back, fullback, tight end, you know, multi-position weapon player for Florida State. Um, and they're going to start rolling in because we didn't we didn't send out the senior invites till the end of last week. So those guys are just starting to get them these past couple of days. So I think between now and next week, um, we'll have a lot more to talk about. As far as the quarterbacks, you mentioned Daniels, and I, and I read where Pratt from Tulane's committed. Yeah, Pratt so that, from Tulane is committed. He's a guy that uh, just a couple days before he accepted his invite, there was a lot out there in the media that Michael could be transferring to Notre Dame this offseason. I know he was getting wooed by a lot of people, and and uh, he and I talked about it when I went over there last week. He's not going to do that. He got offered He got offered seven figures to transfer to an SEC school this year. 
and he turned to think about that. A, a college kid turned down seven-figure deal, NIL deal, to stay at Tulane and play with his teammates. So that tells you what you need to know about Michael Michael Pratt, the person. But really good player. I think Pratt's probably like a third, fourth-round uh, type player this year. He's Right now he's graded higher than any of the quarterbacks we had in the game last year. Um, you know, he's really elevated that program over the last two years at Tulane. So he's uh, he was a good one for us to, to really kick off that quarterback position. And you got this Turkey Day coming up. I think it's Sunday, right, the giveaway? Not Turkey Day, Turkey Bowl, Lee. Turkey Bowl is the fourth annual uh, at Hancock Whitney. Yeah, we'll be giving out, uh, we'll be handing off a 1,000 turkeys with uh, Feeding the Gulf Coast. And uh, really the event happens because of Blue Cross Blue Shield, a great partner of ours in, in Greer's Market, helps us with the turkeys. Um, so we, we'll be starting that food distribution at 1 p.m. Uh, first come, first serve. There were some cars out there last year at 6 or 7 a.m., so so show up early. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be playing football all day long from 10 until 7, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. in the stadium uh, with a lot of youth tackle and, and flag football teams. Uh, just get those young kids in the stadium to really just create memories for them. And then, and then the last part of it, we're going to honor all our, our top high school players uh, from the two counties as part of our future prospect team. So just a really fun day. It's become one of our, our favorite days on the calendar. Um, should be a lot of fun out there. So, yeah, anyone uh, that wants to take part in the food distribution uh, with the turkeys, that uh, starts at 1 o'clock. So first come, first serve. Lee's leaving here right now. Uh, he will beat everybody there by days, Jim, I have no doubt. <laughs> He, he's in the car. Yep. Hey, man, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for the time, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, guys. Thanks. Have a, have a great weekend. That's Jim Nagy, ladies and gentlemen, the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl. When we come back, scoreboard traffic and weather, and a shot for you to get qualified for the Alec Naiman catering party. That's right. Another round of naming it. Or are we? Uh, I'll let you guys decide that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna referee that. Jake Crane, eight thirty. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. Hey, this is Buckus Blakes from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and you're listening to WNSP in Mobile. Come on, everybody. I say, now let's play a game. I bet you I could make a rhyme out of anybody's name. The first letter of the name, I treat it like it wasn't there. That's on me. Welcome back in. I just love this song so much. Here we go. It was so much fun the first time. We're going to do it a second time. Here we go with another edition of Naming It. That's right. Person, place, or thing. Be the first person to uh, call Bronner and properly identify or correctly identify the clip, and uh, you'll be on the list. Hey, DJ, spin that stuff. <laughs> wow. I'm clueless. I would have been clueless had I not picked been, it up been told the answer uh something was funny so what's so the joke Bronner was saying like the last clip was too long so i'm wondering if this one is too short but let's find out uh let's find out all right uh 694-1055 if you can identify what that was let us know we got a caller on the line already all right caller uh enlighten us no there you are is it Joe Pesci? It is Joe Pesci, man. Who are we talking to? Uh, Joe. Man. Joe James. <laughs> All right, stay on the line, man. We're gonna uh, we're gonna get your information. That was Joe Pesci All from, right. from Goodfellas. 
his character name, do you know what his character name was, Lee? I don't remember. Uh, Tommy DeVito. You mean the quarterback for the Giants? I do mean the quarterback for the Giants. The guy that got in last week? The guy that got in last week, Lee. How about that? Pretty, pretty. Tommy astounding. DeVito, Syracuse. I'm a, I don't know if he's a grad. He was at Syracuse, and then uh, he's now their backup, backup quarterback. Well, apparently he was named after a Joe Pesci character in Goodfellas. How about that? Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they're both from New Jersey. All right, so just to be clear, Michael, uh, was that the guy that just got qualified? Did he know his name, or did he just give multiple names in case he had already qualified once before? What, what was that all about? No, no, I think he said his first and last name oh, on the okay. radio. I thought even I heard he two first names. Didn't want to. Um, yeah, no, great. One of my favorite movies there. Yeah. Bing, pow. You could have just done it. We wouldn't have need, needed Joe Pesci. By the way, so we got into this Joe Pesci. Funny how. Yeah, we got into this Joe Pesci conversation. So I'm obviously familiar with Joe Pesci and Goodfellas, but I, I, I use the word enlightened. I've enlightened uh, Bronner that actually Joe Pesci's best role uh, in my opinion, my humble opinion, of course, uh, is not D Tommy DeVito, but one Leo Gets. Yeah, I Whenever know you need a Leo Gets, yes. you get it? Also, I remember him as a key element of putting the Four Seasons together. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. <laughs> He's the one, and it's it's Somebody very portrayed. Yeah, yeah, it's portrayed in the movie that he was the one that introduced their songwriter. The name escapes me now, but the guy that collaborated and did most of the uh, writing of the music that they made famous with their songs. Uh, up to that point, they obviously he, you know, he, I'm trying to remember who it was. Michael, do you know who I'm talking about? The uh, Pesci was in the movie. Well, he wasn't per se, but I mean a character. And he's the one that introduced the Four Seasons to the guy that became their collaborator. He was a member of the Four Seasons, but he's the one that wrote most of their songs and got it started with the uh, the song Sherry. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and of course, Joe Pesci will be on everybody's TV at nauseum here in the next month as Home Alone plays. Yeah, uh, I like Casino. That's my favorite Joe Pesci movie. Right. I I've seen it so many times. It's it's H he's good. He sets the lines. Now is he? Let me ask you this. He seems like whenever Robert De Niro had a movie or a, along those lines, Pesci was somehow involved. Yeah. Is he in that new one that's coming out? Uh, that's getting a lot of play now. Leonard DiCaprio and De Niro. The oh, uh, the Flower Moon thing. Yeah, yeah. Is he? I don't think Joe Pesci found his way in that, that one. All right. Dude, okay, so I might have spoken too soon. Now that I'm thinking about Joe Pesci. I can't not mention Vincent Gambini and my cousin Vinny. Oh yeah. I mean that's that might that might be better than uh, Leo Getz. How would you all rank the? Joe Pesci characters. So Tommy DeVito's got to be up there, right? He's top three. Is his name actually Tommy DeVito in that movie? I thought it was. Am I wrong? I it wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong. I don't know. I feel like I would have seen that joke more with, with Tommy DeVito having started three really poor games for the Giants so far. Goodfellas. And he's uh, from New Jersey also. And very yeah, no, it was Tommy DeVito. Really? Yeah. That's like... The Giants quarterback. So I think I got to put Vincent Gambini at number one. And then Leo gets. As much as it hurts my heart. I mean, I got to be an objective journalist about this. <laughs> as you always are. You know what? Who would, you know who would know? 
That Jake is Crane. I bet you Jake Crane would have a take on this. Let's find out when we come back. It's the opening kickoff. find it hard to believe that this kind of information could be ascertained simply by looking at a picture. Would you like me to explain? I would love to hear this. <laughs> All right, welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues. Mark Lee and Bronner right here on the sports station WNSP. You know, it really surprised me, too, that the name of Marissa Tomey comes up so much, like, in conversation, like, when... What kind of conversations are you having? Not with me. I'm talking. Oh. About, I'm talking about. You'll hear it now and then, on talk shows or so forth. But her name surfaces, and she's actually she's been in a couple of movies I've seen lately, but few and far. She's between. actually one of the more talented versions of Aunt May in all the Spider-Man renditions. Oh, really? I, that I think one I, I had no clue about. Yeah, I, I'm sure our next guest can probably pipe in on this topic. Oh, Jake can handle any question we pose to him. Jake uh, Crane with the Crane Podcast, his brother. Also, you have a Michigan quarterback on your staff, don't you? Yeah, one of the uh, the co-hosts is uh, David Cohn, not the, not the pitcher, as, as he would say. He'd never play for the Mets. But, uh, no, he played quarterback at Michigan under uh, Rich Rod with uh, Chad Henney. Yeah, so how is what's his reaction been to all this stuff going on with Michigan and all uh, Well, yeah. Well, well, look, David's been pretty uh, pretty clear cut across the board in, in all this stuff, even going back to, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the tattoo gate at Ohio State. He's, he's pretty, and, and we are too, anti-NCAA with the way they go about things. It just, you know what it seems like to me? Because, listen, I, sign stealing goes on in, in many forms, right? And, and the ultimate goal is to get the other team signs. And if, if you're saying that's illegal or you're saying that's cheating, then everybody's cheating. It's kind of like the old, you know, before NIL, oh, your team's paying players. Well, guess what? Your team's paying players too. Well, like it's just, just it, it seems to me, though, like it's the, the stole your girl syndrome from the NCAA. It's like Jim Harbaugh stole their girl, and now they're just upset and they want to be petty. Uh, but look, there's been selective enforcement as long as the NCAA's uh, been here. I mean, just look at the way they, the, the kid gloves that they treat Bill Self with and what went down in Kansas as opposed to suspending Jim Harbaugh because of a hamburger. He's Jake Crane. He joins us here on WNSP. Uh, follow X, Twitter, whatever, at Crane underscore, at Crane Company. You name it, that's where you'll find him. All right, uh, I got to back up because you heard a little Joe Pesci. We're, we're, having a, a, we're taking an informal poll as to Joe Pesci's best role in movie. What, what, what do you got? Because we, we did the whole, we did a little trivia and uh, Tommy DeVito's name came up. So we were trying to we're trying to figure out which is his most memorable or his best role. I figure you're just tailor made for this. Casino, casino. I think it's either Casino or, or Goodfellas. Those are the two. So those okay. So this is where you and I differ because I would go Vincent Gambini, my cousin Vinny, and then uh, my dark yep. horse is Leo Getz from Lethal Weapon. Well, wasn't he in Home Alone too? Yeah, yeah. he was. He was. Yeah. Yeah, that that was going well. My. my I just feel like Joe Pesci, if we're going to talk about it, he was built for the roles that he played in Goodfellas and Casino, to me. 
right? That like that's like Joe. When I think of Joe Pesci, and he was great in My Cousin Vinny and Marissa Tomei. Yes, uh, agree one hundred percent. But but when I when, when I when I look at uh, at his best roles, it's what he's built for. I feel like he plays that role so perfectly. I mean, literally, it's like seventy percent of the roles he played was the unhinged mobster. There you go, Jake Crane. The final word. Yeah, final word. Auburn. Yeah, I'm glad, glad we could solve that. Yeah, Auburn. I, I was wrong. I'm. I've uh, raised a little bit of a caution here to uh, Alabama fans when everybody's got them just running through the rest of the regular season into the championship game and the possibility if they beat Georgia getting to the Final Four. Do you think, though, that Auburn could be a stumbling block? And and how much, as we talk about Alabama's improvement, and many consider them maybe one of the best teams now, how about Auburn's uh, rise from where they were a few weeks ago? Well, yeah, well, Lee, I mean, you've you've been a part of enough Iron Bowls. You guys have. You, you can never overlook that game. I don't care if one team's, you know, 11-0 and and the other team's 0-11. Uh, when you play that one, it, each side should be worried. Uh, because, number one, it means so much. We know the bragging rights it gives you in the state. But, you know, players tend to elevate their games, especially in the underdog role in this matchup. I mean, you know, you, you look at a couple of years ago when T.J. Finley and, and Brian Harson almost beat uh, Alabama if Bryce Young wouldn't have made that crazy comeback at the end, and that team was way better. That Alabama team was way better than that Auburn team. So, yeah, you should be nervous. And, I, I mean, look, it's it, it's – you know, somewhat ironic that both teams are playing their best football all year. Now, albeit for different reasons, Alabama finally tethered the game plan and called plays around Jalen Milrow's strengths. And you've seen that offense really blossom and become multidimensional. And it's helped with the run game, right, that was stagnant at the beginning of the year. Then you look at Auburn, it seems that Peyton Thorne has finally developed some chemistry and that he doesn't look overwhelmed with what's going on in front of him. I think Auburn's run the ball pretty well all season, even when teams knew they could run the ball but they're able to throw it a little bit on first down and, and do some other things now i will say auburn's level of competition right lately is not the highest level so they're more even from a roster and personnel standpoint which makes those things easier can they do that at home in the iron bowl well you know it's i never say never in that game but it's going to be tough but uh, yeah you cannot look past that game at all how would you grade hugh freeze's first year I mean, I think right now you got to give him an A minus, right? A minus, B plus range. Here's what I, I've told Auburn fans: If you want to look at trajectory, and you're asking yourself, how should I feel, right? This is how you should feel. Every game that Auburn has played, outside of the LSU game on the road, against teams that have better players than what Auburn has. They have been in every single one of those games. In fact, and look, there are no moral victories, but there also is reality that they played Georgia better than anybody, right? So when they've gone against teams that are better than them, they've been in every game. When they've played teams that they are either equal, close to equal on a roster standpoint, or that Auburn is better than, they have won them. So Auburn each weekend is putting themselves in the best position possible to be able to win regardless of what roster they're playing. So that's why I think that you're looking right now, they're 6-4, and four, should be 7-4. and four. This New Mexico State team is sneaky. Talked about it a little bit today on Crane & Company. Uh, but he's handling business the right way. And then you look at recruiting. You look at what's going on. You just flipped Jamonte Waller. Auburn gets Cam Coleman. It's it, it, With what they have coming back up front, uh, next year could be really interesting for Auburn. 
He's Jay Crane. He joins us here on WNSP. Uh, I want to switch gears because I want to say kudos to you and the fine folks that you work with on that whole uh, Texas A&M coaching search and Diary of a Wimpy Kid mashup. That was that was awesome. That oh, was, that thank, was spot you, on. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Appreciate so it. Where do, where do, where do they where, where do they go and um, and realistically, because uh, a lot of guys have been asked about it. Kiffin, Urban Meyer. Uh, you know, you go down the line, Dabo was asked, like, where do they go? Well, you know, I think the longer this goes, the less of a chance it has to be Urban Meyer, right? Because Urban Meyer's not coaching a team right now. If it's going to be Mike Elko, if it's going to be Jamie Chadwell, if it's going to be somebody that's obviously coaching right now, you're towards the end of the year. You want to let the regular season in to do what's right by your players. That's why I think they're going to end up going with Elko. Uh, either Elko or Chadwell, which, you know, again, you look out there right now, outside of Urban Meyer, I don't know, Dan Lanning isn't taking that. I don't think Lane Kiffin is taking that, right? I I don't think you have a a guy right now that is at the highest level outside of Urban Meyer that feels like almost a sure thing, and there's never never really a sure thing. But if I was Texas A&M, and I know Urban Meyer's not the greatest guy of all time, I don't think anybody would argue that. But he's also not this Lex Luthor supervillain that he's been made out to be. Uh, if that's the case, if it, what he did was so egregious, he wouldn't be on Fox every Saturday. Some people kind of treat Urban Meyer like he's Kim Jong-un. Like, yeah, not a great guy. There's a lot of not great guys in this business. But he wins, and with the resources Texas A&M has, and Texas A&M has never had a guy win at that level. right? Even when Urban was at Florida, Steve Spurrier had done it before before him. When he was at Ohio State, there have been multiple coaches that had done it before him. Nobody's done it at A&M. They haven't won a national championship since 1939. We, we didn't even drop into Normandy yet the last time they won it. So he could be the first, the golden goose. So uh, I think it should be Urban Meyer. But in reality, the longer this goes, the less likely that is. They're probably going to land somewhere, like I said, Mike Elko, Jamie Chadwell. I don't think Jeff Trailer from UTSA. I just don't think you fire Jimbo when you fired him and not waited for that buyout to drop if you didn't have a big play in place. Boy, the drop-ins, Normandy, World War II, uh, some really interesting names you threw out there. Let me ask you this. Chadwell's been rumored for old uh, Mississippi State. Um, you mentioned coaches who aren't so nice. I think Dan Mullen falls into that category. Could he possibly, do you think that's a possibility of him reuniting with the Bulldogs? Yeah, you know, I think Dan wants to get back in it. But here's the question. If I'm Mississippi State, yeah, Dan Mullen was there for nine years, but, but you left me for a better girl. Like, you, you left me for Florida. I'm supposed to trust you again, just, just bring you on back. Just, you know, like nothing happened. And I know some people say, oh, well, it's Mississippi State. You get what you can get. I I don't think if you're Mississippi State, you can have that mindset. If you're at State, you can have that mindset. You know, if you're a group of five school or a lower-level power five school that's that's not a huge football school, you you can have that mindset and get away. We want to be a feeder school for big-time coaches like Liberty or somewhere like that, but not at Mississippi State. If I'm Jamie Chadwell, though, and I've built all this equity up, well, why would I, why would I just jump at Mississippi State? Like say what you want about Billy Napier, but he built a lot of that equity up. Could have taken a job similar to Mississippi State and didn't. He waited for Florida. Kirby Smart built a ton of equity up, 
could have taken a bunch of head coaching jobs. He waited and got Georgia. So if I'm Jamie Chadwell, I'm sitting at Liberty, I'm undefeated, it's a proven winner, I'm making almost $4 million a year, do I really want to leave that to go to a middle-of-the-pack SEC school that just so happens to be adding Texas and Oklahoma right now? I, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Is there any college football game tonight, tomorrow, or Saturday that could have an impact on the college football playoff poll? Uh, yeah, definitely not tonight. BC and Pitt. I, I don't even think the committee knows that game's getting played. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, you, you look at Washington going to Oregon State, which what's crazy is Oregon State's favored in that game uh, by the odds makers. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're ranked 11. Washington is ranked 5th. But the one I've got my eye on, Texas goes to Iowa State. Texas has just been hanging on. I, I watched Quinn Ewers last week. He still doesn't look healthy. You lose Jonathan Brooks, your best back, towards ACL. He's out for the year. You just survived the past couple games, and you've lost three of your last four to Iowa State, and you're going to Ames when they seem to kind of figure it out a little bit. Uh, one of my favorite bets of the weekend is Iowa State plus 7.5 at home. But do not be shocked at all if Texas gets beat this weekend uh, at Iowa State. Before I let you go, assuming nothing changes ahead of them, if Alabama went – well, something's going to have to change, obviously. But assuming everything goes uh, as planned and favorites went out, if Alabama runs the table, do they get in? And I think it depends on what Texas does. Uh, you know, if, if you get down, if you get down to the point where either one of two scenarios happens, you have three undefeated teams. Let's say Michigan, Florida State, uh, and and Washington. Right? Uh, all three of them win. They're in. And then it comes down to one loss Alabama and one loss Texas. You have to put Texas in. I mean, head to head has to matter. I don't care how. Well, anybody's playing now. You, you can't just pretend head-to-head -head doesn't matter. Um, so if, if Texas loses, uh, I think there's a really good chance if Alabama wins out that they're in. Um, if Texas wins out, I think Alabama's going to have some trouble. If you have two undefeated teams, let's say Florida State and Michigan win out, and then Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship, uh, Oregon's most likely going to be in, and then you got to see what happens. It, it comes down to Texas for me, fellas. Right. That's where it comes down to. Quickly, uh, if it comes down to one loss Oregon or one loss Alabama, who gets in? God. To me, to me, I, I, I think that Alabama's better than Oregon right, right now. But all we've talked about, and you heard the committee talk about, was the Pac-12 this year, right? Yep. And if you look, right now, Oregon is ranked in front of Alabama right. in the college football playoff rankings. Oregon's still got to play Oregon State, right, who's going to be ranked, and then possibly Washington, who's going to be a top-five team if they went out in the Pac-12 championship. So I don't see any reason why, why the committee would move Oregon back behind Alabama if they went out. So, look, again, I think if you're an Alabama fan, you are a humongous Iowa State fan this weekend, and you're a humongous Texas Tech fan the next weekend if Texas wins this weekend. Always a pleasure, man. Tell folks how they can get the latest and greatest from Jake Crane. Definitely, man. Always love coming on, chopping it up with you guys.
Uh, yeah, if you watch your shows, just go to YouTube. It's really easy. It's Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company. If you listen, it's spelled the same on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We go live each weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. Central to 8 a.m. Central. If you can't catch it live, it stays on there anyway. We got live calls and a live chat, so uh, come kick it with us. All right, man. We appreciate it as always. Have a great weekend. Hey, y'all be good. All right, uh, one final segment of the day. We'll uh, set up shop or close up shop, give you a sneak peek into tomorrow's show, and let you know where we're headed. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee and Bronner right here on Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. This is Mayor Sandy Stimson. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP. segment of the day and our final segment of the week from the studios of WNSP because we are hitting the road, Lee Shervanian. Yeah, Mobile Christian tomorrow for the uh, opening kickoff from 6 to 9. We'll preview their playoff game. They're hosting uh, Houston Academy. Uh, Michael will be on the broadcast there in that cozy little neighborhood ballpark out there at Lamar Harrison Field. So for about three hours, uh, we'll be talking uh, – at length with some players, some coaches, and also with Ronnie Cottrell, who's no stranger to postseason play. All right. Very good. And maybe we'll just get a little more of a preview from Ronnie on things to watch in college of football. Of course, we do our picks at 830. We've got Pigskins picks coming up. We'll qualify another listener for the uh, Naaman's tailgating party, which will be the final go-around this, this, this year for the fall. For the uh, next, yeah. next Friday, we'll announce that the day after Thanksgiving – Black Friday, somebody's going to win that tailgating party. Whoop, whoop. How about that? The gift that keeps on giving. All right. Uh, we got some time if you want to jump in here at 694-1055. Uh, we talked, obviously, a lot of Alabama football. Uh, Draymond got uh, five games. Um, and uh, Joe Pesci, we were kind of ranking his best roles. I'm not sure, even sure how we got onto that, but yeah, it's we've 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 covered a lot of ground here. Oh, Bronner's rocking some interesting socks today. Uh, so yeah, we've we've covered it all here on a Thursday. Yeah, uh, the uh, getting back to Pesci in the Four Seasons, it was uh, <laughs> Bob Gaudio. That was the one he introduced to the Four Seasons. They were at a nightclub, and uh, Pesci said, "You got to hear this," you know, and they were reluctant, but he became. Obviously, Frankie Valley was the face of the group, but this is the guy that wrote most of the songs. Hey, we even talked a little Con Air today, too. Yes, we did. Because now, of I like Leonard Skinner. Yeah, I like that movie. Now, you know, that's, again, a personal preference. I mean, Michael didn't like it. That's okay. Uh, I like the—I gosh, it's been how long I saw that movie? Years and years ago. Yeah, that movie's ancient. But it, but it, it shows up every now and then. It's still around. Oh, yeah. You can and catch you it can't, on you know, a little TNT or FX you know, or something. with all the— streaming i have you'd be hard pressed that you go like one or two lines down and not find a nicholas cage movie no plus only minus they're very nicholas cage has no doubt done more bad movies i like national treasure those were good and the rock was 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 excellent with sean connery didn't see it oh Look, I've, I've already explained to Bronner, I need to give him a, a, a movication. He needs a, an education in movies. We're going we're gonna to take a cinema class. Um, we should do a segment. We need to get it sponsored so you know we have a reason to do it. <laughs> but we'll have to take <laughs> one I movie. Do a review? Every, 
Every day we need to come up with a movie that Bronner needs to watch. Here's another little. He's too young not to have experienced right. Here's some of the great things out there. Another point of reference to Joe Pesci. Is it and the Four Seasons again? It's con- yeah, it falls <laughs> right into it. Then you know who one of the Four Seasons name? Uh, one of the original Fall. Four Seasons, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Spring. <laughs> Tommy DeVito. How about that? That was one of the original Four Seasons. How many Tommy DeVitos are there? Uh, New Jersey's full of them. Uh, I'm going to look that up. Are they related to Danny? That's a good question. Is DeVito a pretty uh, popular name up that way? Well, when I was living there, I wasn't familiar with any, but uh, apparently down in that section it was. Yeah. All right. The Four Seasons, I feel, uh, I feel like I've learned something today. That's what we try to do, Mark. We, 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 we try to make it that when you leave the show, yeah, I, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, well, it's good. Tommy DeVito was a member of the Four Seasons as well as quarterbacking the Giants. Not the same one, of course. Yeah. Okay. You're a big Four Seasons fan. I was and still is, and I've been to Frankie <laughs> Valley concerts. I actually saw him when I was in college, and I've seen him, what, about a year ago. What? Dude, you saw him when he was in college? How old is that man? He's in his 80s. He's going strong wow. at the in his mid-80s. Just like can't. you, you're going to be in your 80s going strong. I can't sing like that, though. You don't have to sing. Actually, give us a little something. No, well, I'm not going to do that. You make me sing the Chick-fil-A song. I think it's yeah, only fair. Yeah, but you're better, and you carry a tune better than uh, I do. Please, that's like being the tallest short person. That's that's not saying anything. Chick-fil-A. See, that Bronner's singing. All of us have, have, have done. Have, seven just give us a couple bars. A I'll pass. What's his favorite song? Get it, get, get some born to run. His favorite song is Chick Fil A by Tim Hawkins. Yeah, we. we <laughs> it, I bet you if you queued up some born to run, he'd have to sing along. That's a tough song to do. No thanks. You ever do karaoke? Lee? No. Uh, you know, my are, mom you, are you a guy that if you hear a song and you're driving in the car, you'll sing along? No. You're not a singer, no. not at all. You not don't hum or anything, no. nothing. My parents were in Nashville this past weekend, and and uh, my mom sent me a video of my dad doing karaoke. Where, whereabouts? I, I like where was the karaoke? Yeah, I, I don't know. All right, did Some you Nashville do karaoke bar? when you were up in Nashville? No, you were so busy up there. No, we were we were way too. We did go to a karaoke bar on one of the nights, and what? you didn't do anything. No. What what song did your dad do? Creep by Radiohead. Oh, okay. It was. It was something. <laughs> the video was something. So how your your dad? How old's your dad? Your dad's probably around fifty six. All right, a little bit older. Not much. I'm closer to his age. I'm closer to your. So yeah. there's that. So I can probably relate. Maybe we need to get Bronner's dad on the phone. Get him on the show. That's what's right. it, what's he listens his, like every day. What's his first name? Jeff. Mr. Bronner, sir. Thank you for listening. Your uh, your son's a. Hell of a guy. A young man. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. <laughs> no, he's doing great. He's doing great. Thanks for listening. He's a proud representative of the Garden State. <laughs> yeah, I'm outnumbered always here. Gonna, Who would have thought I would be doing a radio show and be outnumbered uh, two to one on uh, with, with New Jersey guys? That's right. Lee Just reps it more than I show do. You be, res- be respectful. I'm a mobile guy. I'll be, f- I'll be sleeping with the fish. Is that what they say? Swimming with the fish? I'm a mobile guy. Is that what you are? Yeah. You in the Port City are one? Where I'm from doesn't define me. What are you, Batman? (laughs) Yeah. It's not what's underneath that defines you, but what you do. Yeah. Where's Rachel? 
What a show today, huh? Yeah, Mark's in his heyday. He got back to movie reference today. It's been a Says while. Says the guy that hasn't stopped talking about the four seasons. You know, it's UT Chattanooga week. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and hey, and New show Mexico some respect. Yeah, show some New respect. Mexico. New Mexico State too. Yeah, they're they're good squads. They're good. They're like Nick what, Saban eight and three? says they have SEC receivers. And that's what we New probably Mexico should be talking State's about. New Mexico State's like eight and three. I think Chattanooga's seven and three. All right, that does it for another edition of the opening kickoff. Back at it from Mobile Christian tomorrow. Until then, see ya.